welcome to Fate Moon Archive. I now have to actually move that marker because it was uh, I was making a joke and uh, <laughs> okay. Welcome. I'll leave it all in to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about waiting through twenty years of Type Moon. I'm your host, Fen. My pronouns are Fay Fair, and joining me is I'm your co-host Benin. My pronouns are she they. And also joining us once again is friend of the pod, Blue. Hi, yep, I'm Blue. Pronouns they them. Today we're starting Fate Zero, a series of light novels released from December 2006 to December 2007. But first, we have some green tea to sip and some Toxic Yuri to cover. It is once again Yuri tea time. Wait, what's the Toxic Yuri? Uh, we just wanted Ben watched my go, uh, Bang Dream. It's my oh, go. But with we're not me. covering that. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to mention that. I wish we no. had Toxic Yuri to cover. That was aspirational <laughs> Toxic Yuri. Um, having, hey, uh, having the inside I, joke be from stuff not on the pod. Beautiful. Been, like, <laughs> I to love it. The, at last episode, uh, review Starlight instead of the fucking <laughs> thing that we're covering because we're a fake podcast. Hey, Ben, <laughs> how much time did we spend on Fate's Day Night 2006? Fate's not wrong. <laughs> but, Ben, it's for sorting. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so that people can navigate what we're fucking doing. Just, just all, search for the descriptions. All I wanted to say is that I rewatched the first six episodes of uh, My Go with Ben. Yes. Uh, and then we have an episode that I have been, I've been told is quite good. Episode done. Heard great things about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I cannot wait for. Uh, and hey, that show's real good. <laughs> Yeah, so the thing the thing about uh Bang Dream It's My Go is that uh it's fantastic. <laughs> I feel like we were like pretty high on it. You and Catherine uh, were pretty jazzed. And then like you and I sat down and watched it, watched up to what we had talked about on the last episode. Mm -hmm. And then we watched the episode after that and we're like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it gets so good. It's incredible. <laughs> um Women. Okay. The real reason we are here. Mm -hmm. oh. Watch my go. I've also watched a bunch of Toradora. I'll talk about that when I'm done with it. Yeah. Uh, don't watch het rom coms. That's my recommendation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although I am mostly enjoying it. Okay, so what are we going to talk about first? What are the, the actual Yuri Tea Time things we have? What do we want to talk about? Soreja Matane. Until we meet a again. 2005 visual novel. Mm -hmm. uh, released by, I don't remember the Dojin group. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. It is Luna Bless. Luna Bless. The, they sound like they would make like a to uh, Toho comics or something like that. Mm, this is their only credited thing on on BNDB. Oh, interesting. Um, this is a yeah, 2005 visual novel, um, released in June of 2005. It is one of the two. So last time we covered Narcissu, um, this time we covered this or uh, yeah, until we meet again <laughs> is the the translated English title. And the um, two are not related. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What's not related? Narcissus and sorry, oh. Mata. <laughs> uh, or they are related in the sense that they yep. are the two progenitors of, um, or 
the the reason that all together which is a translation jam exists is because of these two games yes um this was a speed translation it started at midnight on on one day <laughs> and was released at 3 a.m the next day holy shit it was like uh, september 5th 2006 or something like that and september oh, yeah, 6th yeah. or something like that uh, i don't know why those dates yeah. stuck in my head september 5th and then september 6th narcissi was kind Got of it in a one. like ambitious one to do that was not a okay. speed translation okay okay just this one just this one. yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah. Um, i was gonna say but the the translating narcissu and then translating this uh they then what we're like hey what if we got a bunch of um uh trend localizers together and uh kind of set a time limit and localized a bunch of games and so um that applies to basically everything else that we're gonna play mm -hmm. um from 2005 uh but yeah uh so that's the background on what this is it's a um it, i don't I don't know that I have very much to say about this. It's like they can't all be bangers, I guess. I think it's, it's like interesting. Fine, it's interesting. the The most interesting so, part is honestly the speed translation of it. Uh huh. Um, it, the as a as a work, it is like. Do you want to say what the? Do you want to give the plot? Uh, okay. Something. Protagonist is on train. Yes. This game is literally like 30, 40 minutes. You could read it if you want. Twenty-four minutes, according to VNDB. I I probably I took like minutes. twenty minutes. Um, protagonist is on a train. He is. Uh, it's all oh, in black and white. It's all in black and white. Um, photo backgrounds. I love photo backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Every time I see a photo background, I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. Um, Go for uh, it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, right. The description, a short story, black and white, sparse drawings, sparse music, three characters, one smile. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is, yeah, he lost a friend when he was young, mm -hmm. um, a girl three years older than him, and now he is talking with a spirit of someone who committed suicide, and the spirit is trying to lure him into her realm mm -hmm. its realm mm -hmm. i guess the spirit is never gendered mm -hmm. um uh by appearing as an aged up version of his crush when he was in fourth grade mm -hmm. uh who is apparently his ideal woman mm -hmm. which is very funny um and uh but the spirit of his friend is there to be his guardian angel yeah or guardian <laughs> spirit not an angel um that's basically it. Uh, I do have a few things uh, written down. Um, one, uh, protagonist is such an awkward construction for uh, a name to give the character that you are supposed to embody. That's two in a row. Narcissus was also protagonist. Was it? I yeah. I okay. Well, it was never. Mm, I think it was just in the credits, right? Wait, 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 wait. wait. I don't think they specifically called them One protagonist second. in the text anywhere. In Narcissu? Yeah. Yeah. Blue, what version did you play? <laughs> the voiced. Okay. In the unvoiced That's version. That's right. The text is different. He's protagonist. I oh. forgot that. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't look at the unvoiced version and. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
Uh, yeah, because I was like, it stood out so much. That I, translation bit thing from Narcissi once again, <laughs> just stellar. It's really incredible. Yeah. No, it's a great idea to have two separate translators for the voiced and unvoiced versions. Uh-huh. Like, yes. that is wonderful. What did they call? What did they call him? In the voiced version, it just never had a name until the credits. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, mine just had protagonist pop up over his sections. Oh. Yeah, n- nobody ever. I, th- I think no, maybe Setsumo is that her name? There I think a- she might have only like done Omai or something like that to address him. Like I don't know, just o- always only you. At I most. think it's like early on when it's jumping back and forth between their like setup stories. Mm. It's like it says Setsuna in the like thing, and then it also says protagonist for him. I'm, I think that's what oh it does. yeah, that might okay. Still- be the okay maybe yeah um but i am playing fushigi denshaw right now Mm -hmm. which uh i believe that or that makes me think that the case is that in a game where you are assumed to or kind of supposed to embody a character Mm um it will just use watashi as the indicator of who's talking you Uh, is just such a like more obvious thing to do yeah yeah but but again it's like it is like me Mm -hmm. (laughs) would be yeah uh, but like you don't that's not literally what yes (laughs) you could like fudge that like two inches to the left so you don't have to say protagonist yes (laughs) i'm Um, i'm not a translator in 2005 though so my favorite part of this is that the credits have a thank you to Traffic on Route 50 and Yaki Niku. <laughs> you really didn't like this, huh? <laughs> no, that's just the best part of it. It's like, it's fine, I guess. Uh-huh. Like, I'm uh-huh. not, I'm not, I'm not down on it. I had a, I had a pleasant time, uh, but I did rate it a, a two stars. Oh, I didn't rate oh. it yet. I'd... Um, Oh, I'll get into mine in a second. I do want to point out Ben's note of this shot of the huge empty train will just uh, with just them in it has extreme guy walks down the huge wall of urinals to find the only other guy in the bathroom to piss next to energy. <laughs> I did write that all down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, for for me, I, I think I'm higher on it than Ben. Uh, yeah, I got I, the I vibe that you liked it. Yeah, it, not not for the narrative. Like the narrative is serviceable. Like it, like it's a cute little ghost it, story. You could have done something a little more complicated with it, right? Yeah, for fitting in like thirty minutes, though, like it does exactly what it needs to. Nothing more, nothing less. To draw it out, like you'd need to add some extra complication in there, I think. But like for just what it is, for me, what worked so much more was like, like just I, I guess the vibes, <laughs> the atmosphere, just uh. Eventually, it grew on me. There is a very, very rough loop on two of the tracks. Yeah, um, that, that is was, that very was really getting to me. <laughs> yeah, like it initially, like it immediately got to me when I first heard it. Because like, like fifteen seconds of music or something that just like yeah. clumsily like like chunks over back to the beginning. I don't think it's that bad, but it, I don't it's think you're not sen- it's like thirty seconds or a minute or something. But it, it you will hear it multiple times on one track or while that track is playing before they move to another track i heard that so many times yeah which it it bothered me at first but then uh when it zoomed in on one of the train windows and you could see it just being 
basically rotoed out to make it just this pitch black out there like it, you could see the roto lines on it it's just like oh no this is just that type of jank to make this very weird otherworldly feeling thing just just on the whole there's a lot of like roughness of them trying to go for a thing and it conveying that thing relatively well that worked for me and i, I think polishing it would probably diminish it unless like you were able to have that type of a clear it'd be very it'd be much harder to produce a polished version that elicits the same feelings in each scene for me yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't really have sprites really it's well, like it's mostly like uh it has the vibe of being a series of cgs with different expressions yeah. more than it has like okay and now these two sprites are talking to each other you know what but I mean? importantly yeah. mm -hmm. CGs where the the most of the CG is a photo is a photo back yes that has been drawn on yes which yeah. is great which, which is fun and I agree the vibes are great mm -hmm. um, yes I think playing it this morning uh, after having watched like ten episodes of Toradora in mm -hmm. two days uh, and playing Narcissu for last time I'm exhausted by Het love stories. Yes, I do feel Fair. like a lot of these games are going to be about a protagonist who meets a like slightly melancholy, like mysterious girl who changed his life and taught him a valuable lesson about like what it means to be alive <laughs> or something like that. You know, uh, I I can't say with certainty that that is not the case. I know that I know that a couple of them are will surprise you with how different they are from yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure, right? But this is also what, like, American indie games guys yeah, love to yeah, write about. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing, is like, yeah, uh, uh, they're, yeah, people, people who are not, not experts in their field, yeah, just have stories they want to tell, yeah. and a lot of those stories are this hapless man meets a wonderful woman. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. God, when this girl, when this girl sat down, I, I really like the way she looks. She looks like, um, she looks like an old timey Mickey Mouse cartoon version of anime <laughs> girl. You know what yes. I mean? Like if you played Kingdom Hearts 2, when you go, uh, to like the, the, the steamboat old -timey world, uh, Sora gets like, <laughs> gets like old timey animated. That's very <laughs> fun. Uh, kind of, yeah. And yeah, they, they, she looks like that. It's, it's fun. They did do a like, good like job old with Astro Boy or something like that. Maybe mm. it doesn't actually look like that, but it, you could believe that it's that. Yeah, and uh, at least with the spirit, her uh, or I guess the the quote unquote evil spirit, because two spirits there. Uh, anyways, with the older one, she a lot of her expressions are not quite completely neutral, but ambiguous enough that like mm. it does a good job. Again, vibes when the text changes to focus on something else or the sound changes or anything else. And in one second, you're like, okay, yeah, I see why he's like, oh yeah, she's pretty. Or a second later, like, you know, there's something kind of unsettling about her and just kind of like, you know, yeah, they, <laughs> it's the same picture, but yeah, you're kind of right. So funny just, that she's like, you know, they say that ghosts haunt this train. I was like, oh, so she's a ghost, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I literally just wrote that. Like, the first note I have down, uh, this girl is the ghost hoping to steal him away, I guess, huh? Yeah, uh-huh. She's, she's, she's pretty upfront about it. And he's like, wow, ghosts, huh? Okay. I gotta go piss. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, uh, this has, like, a fun synergy with uh, another, with the anime we're covering next, because uh, his, like, the actual spirit of his childhood love, part of how she, like, uh, communicates with him is by stepping on his foot. He's like, whoa, yep. that's her. <laughs> I laughed at that when that showed up. 
Uh-huh. And him even feeling it after he's escaped too, just like, oh, yeah, my guardian spirits here talking to me. It's like, mm-hmm. God. Can you imagine commuting on this train? <laughs> just, no. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a commuter train. Yeah. What train is it? It's like a like a okay. cross country kind of. Right. Well, right. It, like, it, can you imagine ri- having to ride this train to go visit your parents then? <laughs> and it's just like yeah. every now and then a lady like, walks oh. by and if you look at her, you die. <laughs> Well, yeah. If you look at her, you get dragged into her world, which is like a... And then you die unless you specifically have a childhood friend ghost protecting you. Yeah, I guess. Um, it does say gar- er, the old man. It is it is uh, cute, I guess, mm-hmm. that uh, after he wakes up, he sees an old man who gives him basically the same story story. and it's like wow you must have some kind of guardian spirit protecting you it's like Uh yeah he does we just learned all about that actually Mm -hmm. um but yeah the like the bit i I think that the like bit of um the reason that he fell into this and the reason that he's about to like die is because he's so fucked up about this girl who died right Mm -hmm. not being Mm -hmm. able to like admit his feelings for her or whatever and she's like hey you have to like live i know i'm not there but you have to live right and that's mm-hmm. cute you know it's think- like uh very simple but it's like a good nice little like uh carry through for the whole thing i think it's yes the thing for me this is probably the other reason that i'm a little down on it mm. is and i also have this about romance media in general yeah is the well that was the first and only crush of mine that will ever matter. Like, mm-hmm. I was a fourth grader, and now I'm 20. Uh-huh. I'm, I have lived, uh, like, for, what, 2.5 times as long mm-hmm. as I had lived when I was, um, when I was, when she died, and she's still the only person on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like, that bit where he's like, wow i i am like i i'm not only older than her i'm like older than the whole time that i knew her and her life put together or whatever mm-hmm. right it's like oh yeah stuff like that can really like fuck you up right yes yeah but like this is the thing but but instead of being like you have to move on it's like yes. and she's right there yeah <laughs> it's like we, uh-huh. when are we gonna get the until we meet again sequel which is about him trying to date another girl <laughs> and her, her poltergeisting him <laughs> the so that was one thing that i that did bother me with the story though is like they they address a little bit about in theory why he should be there but like everything's just like repeatedly saying he doesn't have a reason to want to die or something which they say is like a condition to show up here Hmm. so like it's a little weird there like yeah you can read into it like yeah he's just so stuck on this girl but he also didn't recognize her but he does mention that he has some old obsession it's just no. A little weirdly ambiguous on that specific part, but the, it doesn't have to be clean, honestly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, the the like when he wakes up, it, the train is in color again. Yeah. Yes. Ob- obvious, and, and, but like did catch me out. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think you don't see any drawings anymore, correct? It's only the pictures, yeah, because you never see him, and I don't think there's a sprite or a drawing of the old man in the in the other world. Yeah, he's just sitting, goofy. He's like with his arm up on the window. Uh Uh, Yeah, the art's not. uh, The art for that isn't great. They clearly didn't like 
care to draw him very much. Well, this he, is he has the typical protagonist syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just even saying that more love went into her, not just her design, but like the actual physical drawing, than it went into his like janky ass arm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not much else to say. Uh, one final thing I have to say is that the doing all of these has made me uh, painfully aware of uh, link rot on the internet mm. because like most of these are, are again this is a series of Dojin games yeah uh, a lot of them are this is the only thing that that group put out mm-hmm. uh, and so there's a whole lot of these that it's like Oh yeah, they had a website once where you could maybe go read like a couple of posts or whatever or like yeah. something about uh and you can still find a lot of those on internet uh, or yeah, internet archive archive.org. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to archive.org. Yeah. Shout out. But it is a bummer how much uh just like yeah, the history is just gone. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, and the download being a torrent on top of that just sitting there just like is there anybody seating for any of it? It took a little while for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've had it up and running for a few days. Just <laughs> so hopefully other people, if they get interested, it's there. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God, definitely, I, it is worth a thirty-minute play. I think. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these are like these are like two, early two thousands Japanese indie games. You know what I mean? I remember during like the 2010s or whatever uh when i was getting into indie games generally i remember reading articles being like why doesn't japan have any indie games and it's like they're, they're <laughs> called it's called doujin games mm-hmm. there they're just just because they're not all cave story doesn't mean cave story is the only japanese yep. indie game that exists yes you know what i mean so it's fun to like go through some of these old things because like yeah you could just get some friends together and make a visual novel because visual novels aren't that hard to make Mm-hmm. Like compared to like an RPG or something like that, and maybe that's the only time you ever do it because it's you know it's still a lot of work, and uh, I think that's kind of beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And another issue with the word there too. Uh, more recently, loan word thing. Dojin is very tied to porn for at least over here in the West. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if you tell a random person you're going to look at some Dojin, they're thinking you're looking at some smut. Mm-hmm. This is also because it only that's all the stuff that gets translated. Yes, mm-hmm. it gets translated, gets uploaded, like exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I've I have extra respect to this like uh, this translation project for like translating them. There's some of this is gonna be porn, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. There's. I mean, like, not that there's anything wrong with translating porn. It's just fun to get like some a broader perspective. No, I I there is the final game that we're covering. I know has a sex scene. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't describe it as porn. <laughs> porn usually has the desire to titillate. Ooh, okay. I I mean people refer to Fate Stay Night as porn, so. Yeah. Uh there is so <laughs> at least one game that we we are playing has a sex scene. Okay. Uh I believe that there might be one or two more aside from that that I haven't played that do, but most yeah, mostly not.
Okay. Uh, yeah. Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Is monogatari for normies. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind I, of the way was, it was described say, while it was airing too. I was about to say cowards, and then like, I was like, I don't think that that's mm-hmm. you don't you don't have to be a coward to not. I don't I don't want yeah to to put out the energy in the mm-hmm. world of me saying. If you don't like Bakaimonogatari, you're a coward. Mm. Because I don't believe that. I'll I, say it. I don't. I'll say it. <laughs> no, I, I like, won't. Aside from Bakaimonogatari season one, I'm not very high on mm-hmm. basically the rest of <laughs> Like, there are moments that really hit. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I'm not particularly high on, on any okay. of them. I'm higher I, on, I, guess... I think, a lot of Monogatari than you are. I guess one of the big things on that is, like, for example, if the stuff with Hajikuji made you uncomfortable in Monogatari, you don't have to worry about that here, really. <laughs> little, like, uh, little hesitation there, but... I should say, we watched the uh, episodes 1 through 10 of the anime, which is the first four arcs? Yeah. Yes. We got, we got the disappearing girl, we got the time loop girl, we got... Uh, body swap and uh doubles <laughs> double doubling girl that really like slipped out of my brain okay uh this this show wants to be mon or i assume the source material wants to be monogatari so bad actually it wouldn't when did monogatari start it's been a while yeah it would be really funny if this actually started before monogatari series light novel oh 2005 so almost 10 years before yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so so okay do we want to describe what this is we've talked about monogatari before yeah so i guess if you want the the high level on it yeah the, the high level one uh Adolescence syndrome or puberty syndrome, depending on translation, is the manifestation of supernatural phenomena acting on a teenager due to their perspective, their perspective and emotions, as well as the common sense or atmosphere of their peer group, uh, how that feels towards them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we follow uh, Asazogawa Sakuta, the titular ra- rascal, as he encounters and attempts to resolve others' bouts of adolescent syndrome, paying it forward like how a high school girl, Makinohara Shoko, once helped him through his sisters and his own case. Mm-hmm. Really high level there on it. Yeah, um, so like, uh, spooky shit will happen to girls who uh, are having a hard time with something. And this guy, because of gravity, I guess, always gets wrapped up in it and helps save them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, there's like an emotionally distant girl uh, who is very pretty and everyone like looks up to but can't get close to, who is the first arc, who uh, he saves and they end up dating and married pretty much immediately. Uh, yeah. she, is a, she is a thin imitation of Senjo Kahara, but... <laughs> In this way, uh, it is truly uh, Bakemonogatari for cowards. Uh huh. Because the girls feel more marketable. Um, yeah, it's like hmm. Monogatari. Girls are extremely like, uh, like uh, of, of a type and something that you could like buy figurines of, but they're like freaks. You know what I yeah. mean? And yeah. 
the girls from this are so sandblasted, like, like yeah, gentle it, little like fragile things that you can protect, you know. It's like no one there's not a there's not a uh uh what's the what's the lesbian's name? No one Kanbaru? beats him to death. Yeah. Kanbaru, yeah. No one beats him to death like three separate times in two episodes, you know? Yeah. No one will ever do that. It's like though yeah, he's got scars from his little sisters, whatever. Uh but uh it's it's a very different vibe. Mm-hmm. No yep. one's no one's actually mean. Yes. So um, I, I guess do you wanna go through arc by arc at all, just real yeah. quick yeah. and then talk about it in general? So yeah, the first arc already mentioned uh, is Sakurajima Mai uh, with Schrodinger's cat is a lot of these have okay, like yes, pop sci things thing. tying to them. The like yeah. quantum physics thing. I was like, it, I was rolling my eyes and laughing at it at the very start. And then yeah. uh, by the end, they just used like quantum teleportation like three times in a row. <laughs> I mean, it shows up right in the beginning with the so if you watched on Crunchyroll, they've got a weird translation error where they call it measurement theory but it's quantum observation theory so quantum Uh is in there right from the beginning (laughs) and like any sort of pop side buzzword you've heard for the past 20 years is probably in this somewhere Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um the first arc real quick made me remember that uh no one uses schrodinger's cat Uh the way that it was originally like oh yeah originally a counter thought experiment Mm -hmm. where it's like Okay, if we accept that uh, like nuclear decay is truly random and we like can't actually model it, then there is this case where obviously the cat is not both alive and dead mm-hmm. before you open the box, and yet that is what you are saying. Yeah, uh, because everyone you've... has gone. Ah, so you mean the cat is both alive and yeah. dead? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It the the thing superposition is a thing they'll talk about there a lot too and that's just like literally you're talking about the sum of things you're talking about probabilities you're like it doesn't have to be both those things but you can do the math of it in probability mm-hmm. and then come out with solutions on the other side it doesn't mean yes the cat is both alive and dead so my is a girl who uh, is like a super famous actress uh and like above like entertainment industry figure since she was a kid she had a falling out with her mom over like a sexy swimsuit when she was in middle school which uh swimsuit shoot and since then has been slowly disappearing uh to the point where people can't see her anymore this is the the she's the titular bunny girl because she's like going around in a bunny girl costume like way because people can't see her it yeah just trying to grab people's attention if anybody can see her Mm-hmm. I feel like I was sold a bill of goods. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Which is to say, <laughs> the OP has her dancing on the roof in the moonlight in her Money yep. Girl outfit. Yes. Uh, she spends less than like two minutes in the entire runtime of what we watched in the Money Girl outfit. Uh-huh. Yep. Big, big, big issue with so the the series is generally referred to as the Rascal Does Not Dream series because uh-huh. the title is always Rascal Does Not Dream of. This is another monogatari thing. Yes. Yeah. So you have the entire series named of uh, Bunny Girl Senpai when that is literally just the title of Mai's book because the inciting incident is him seeing her in a bunny girl outfit. Mm-hmm. Because but because you say it, it, you expect the whole thing to be it, and they lean into it so hard with the op. All of the art that I've seen, and yep. I am I am not 
I am not out here seriously no. saying I need to see her in a bunny girl outfit more often. Uh-huh. It is just funny that uh like all of the all of the promo art and like prominently in the OP uh-huh. is her in the bunny girl <laughs> outfit and then she spends barely any time in it. Yep. Well, it's she not, is still, it is she a is plot still device. extremely bunny themed. Yes, yes. Oh yeah. This isn't a Sir Dracula phone. kind of situation though because you do see her in the bunny girl costume episode 1. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, you see that pool surfing episode one. <laughs> so the funny thing, I I tried reading the light novels along with it. I didn't get through the fourth book for this, but whatever. But it is funny. The uh, afterward for the first book, uh, the author, let's whatever the author mentions that like. So I've I'm probably just gonna piss my editor off and just like I, I think I'm not gonna have the same title for every book. It's gonna be a rascal does not. I don't know what the next one's gonna be. Maybe you'll see another one that says Bunny Girl Senpai too, but um, it probably won't. That's very funny. I just also really quick want to say that the Seishun Buta is a really great mm-hmm. phrase in the in the Japanese title. Yeah, yeah. When they when the translation we're watching translates the title as "teenage pig," which uh, yep. I don't think is quite getting the. Yeah. Uh, and, but like Rascal also... also feels not quite right. But yeah. Well, the thing about him is that uh, he is both. He's he's so he much is, more normal than. He's also uh, sandblasted a character from Onogatari. Yes, like, yes. the sandblasting happens to everyone. Yes. Equal opportunity sandblasting. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's like, he's going to flirt with his little sister. Sure. But not that much. You can just kind of like glance past it. It's not. I feel like not going to be a toothbrushing scene. Their bit is mostly she flirts with him. Uh He (laughs) he does at one point say that he got the uh, bunny girl costume for her to dress up in. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Teasing her back with it. Yeah. That's going to happen every now and then, but it's not going to go too far. So that uh, if you like, I am a person who's like, put that freak shit in there. Uh It's fine. Mm -hmm. I, I may not enjoy it. But I want you to go with your heart. I want you to uh, like honestly express whatever freak weirdo shit you're trying to do. I will. His mm-hmm. he or she is Chekhov's little sister. <laughs> I I again almost <laughs> said Pavlov's little sister because I get those sister. two mixed up often. Uh, which is to say that she has been set on the mantelpiece in the first episode, mm-hmm. and uh, her arc is I think the next one. based on the op Uh, so actually yeah so okay you you think hers is the next one who do you think is going to be the focus for the movie assuming you haven't looked at the the, the, like poster yeah yeah. the girl taking care of the little cat yep so yeah the i I guess here let's just throw out all the arc names or the book names okay oh no no you're fine so all the book names uh you have number one bunny girl senpai we've already talked about number two is petite devil kohai Mm -hmm. Uh, number (laughs) three logical witch number four siscon idol Mm -hmm. huh yeah and uh let's see let's just here let's try and get through them real quick usually used hmm that's not the way that term is usually used. <laughs> yeah, I know, which I, I I I haven't touched the book yet. Maybe the book makes it more traditional there, but honestly, I kind of like the idea of her sister complex more than the way it's usually used. Yeah. Um but yeah, so the first arc, like was said, was about my uh, I've got like five sentence summary things that I've written that might yeah, be sure, real ahead, quick. Let's just go for it. So the first one, Schrodinger's cat, Sakurajima Mai. 
when at a public library, Sakura encounters a girl in a bunny girl outfit that no one else can see. She turns out to be Sakura Jima Mai, a child star turned high schooler who is experiencing supernatural phenomenon known as adolescent syndrome, a supernatural ailment that realizes the uh, realizes the way an individual interacts with their social peers, high schoolers in this case, and how those peers interact with those inter individuals. In Mai's case, people are slowly not recognizing her, er, not only not recognizing her, but not seeing, hearing, or even remembering her. Sakura reveals he and his sister Kaede have a tra tragic history with adolescent syndrome hoping he can help Mai by, and, by extension, his sister. Eventually, Sakura also forgets Mai, but by a combination of notes left by himself and a friend, he uh, regains his memories and chooses to loudly proclaim his love for her in front of the entire school mid-exam in, in an attempt to force her existence back into their memories, which works. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Everyone hates him because uh, he was hospitalized for a bit. For some reason, people thought that he, like, killed, like, beat the like, shit out of a bunch of other students when that clearly didn't happen because no one else went to the hospital. Well, yep. the rumor morphed into yeah. he he caused a uh -huh. bunch of people to be hospitalized. Yes, but there was no other people who were hospitalized. <laughs> well, so yeah. that's you know I mean. one of the recurring things here is just that the truth doesn't matter. To people, yeah. rumors grow out on their own, and at what points is it worth fighting, and what points is it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, for the most part, I think it thinks it's generally worth trying to fight and break away, but... Yeah. Um, Arc 2 uh, is... Do we want to talk about this? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Or... I, I thought we'd already talked about that one <laughs> a little bit. Really talk about that. That's fair. Do you have something to say? No. Okay. Okay. The second one uh, is uh, Petite Devil Kohai. Focusing on Koga Tomoe, Sakata chooses to help another peer with their adolescent syndrome, as it was triggered by a very similar social pressures that caused Kaede's uh, adolescent syndrome, as well as his sub or her subsequent ag subsequent agra agoraphobia. Phobia, God. <laughs> Koga Tomoe lives in constant terror of becoming a social outcast and even making the slightest faux pas, leading her in to reading into and participating in every minor event with her group to the point where her syndrome is approximated to Laplace as a demon, which is a thought experiment that uh, if we subsequently or have sufficiently built if we have built sufficient formula to describe the world, uh, there is a theoretical being, a demon that could do the processing power to run those formula against every atom and particle in the universe and thereby predict the entirety of any future event after a few weeks of pretending to be in a relationship as a way to resolve uh, the or originating conflict koga eventually comes to terms with the fact that some people's internality cannot be swayed in a given moment and conflict cannot be completely avoided culminating in her convincing confessing her own knowingly one-sided love of sakura that she does not wish to pursue this resolves and the clock fully resets to before any of the arc's events occur. Coward's ending to this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where the the final end is fine. Like the, the um, okay, I've like accepted that even repeating this, these events will not cause you to love me. Fine. Uh, but just saying even a thousand times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is not yeah at the end uh he he kind of confronts her and is like hey you're not going to change my feelings by making me do this over and over again uh and she's like not even like 
a thousand times maybe then you'd and he's like no 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 uh if if she was a cooler girl it it would i i just want like a like a a series of like oh no she has trapped him in this loop for for like years and Uh years and years so you want Um, endless eight yes yes um which (laughs) is like i know again it comes back to but then she wouldn't be as cute yeah like yeah i know there's a moment where his like uh his like uh pretty girl with glasses friend who is kind of emotionally distant but helps him solve all of these mysteries his uh his what's her name from uh photography uh rio or no from monogatari the cat girl oh uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hanakawa. They're not really like uh similar personality wise, but they serve like a very similar role early on. Yes. Yep. Um she's like he's like, oh, I don't think she's fully aware of like what her power is what what she's doing, you know what I mean? And the other girl's like, Well, if she ever found out, she would truly become a demon. It's like, no, she wouldn't. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's just like a girl. Toothless is the word I'm searching for. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, this is much more invested in, like, the idea of is it worth the effort to try and manage the expectations and emotions of every single person around you rather than experimenting with the the natures of time loops. Like, for a time loop story, you barely deal with loops in this one. Yeah, it's like, I guess it is, it is interesting that it follows through on... They're in this loop because she's like, oh, if I reject him... If I reject this boy who has a crush on me, then my friends will leave me. Yeah. And then at the end, you see her with a different friend group. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, they would have. Yeah, but also, you found friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Baki Monogatari, Monogatari at times can be kind of like a sentimental story about growing up. And like, uh, which is what this is doing, too. You know what I mean? But I feel like part of the part of the thing with Monogatari is that... Uh, for most people, this kind of stuff happens during adolescence, right? Like supernatural stuff when you're like in this emotionally charged like time. Mm-hmm. Weird things happen and it kind of represents the trauma that you're going through and then you get over it and then you go back to normal, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the thing that a monogatari is also a lot about, but there are gaps in society that people fall through and becoming normal again is not always the answer and not always what you're going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Whereas this is like, it feels very like going back to normal. Like, yeah, push back a little bit just so that you can make room for yourself in society. Don't let it like kill you or nothing. But like, then go be normal and make up with your parents. So, I want to minimize <laughs> anything I say here because I don't want to set expectations or anything. But I do want to say, with the next two arcs, there is a tone shift. Okay. Yeah, I like. I want to reserve some judgment, but uh, it's just a uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yep. I'm not not enjoying what. I think it's a little boring. I think the anime is a little boring. So I think, watch. but arc um, four is like the kind of the lowest point for the anime. Mm. Uh, for a couple of different reasons, I- I'm assuming the that book is similar to the one before it, since those two are the only ones that get two episodes instead of three, and like. Mm-hmm. Even in the episodes that get, or the arcs that get three episodes, you can feel there's pacing issues. Like, there's really bad pacing issues. Because mm-hmm. they're trying to fit everything in there. And they even extended the runtime out yeah. by another two minutes. And that 
didn't help. You still have it like just a lot of times they're just shotgunning information at you. So um, yeah. I would be the girl that I'm most interested in at this point, honestly, is the the future past girl. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, uh, I am hoping that uh, it can find its own footing. And be more than this is a this is a a media object that is chasing after Monogatari. Well, and you know I think I mean? that this this is the interesting thing about both uh, his sister and the future past girl mm-hmm. is that their issues are ongoing. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. else's do just like yeah. resolve and then they move on with their life. Yeah. Even now we're we're seeing the we're seeing the sister like getting like ready to rejoin society and I'm like okay some this is going to be complicated yeah. right yeah so I'm, so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that it's going to find its own footing uh and like find its own thing to be like right like like uh talking about review starlight last episode where it's like oh, okay this become this is a, like kind of a Nutella like and then it becomes something totally different mm. right yeah um. So I'm I'm hopeful. Anyway, third, one third the, girl. <laughs> well, uh, this ties in there some. So one of the things I do like is that uh, unlike Monogatari, you tend to actually have not necessarily all the characters always present, but the characters tend to be recurringly present throughout rather than disappearing once their stories are done with this, mm. which yeah, uh, like, like you've already mentioned through. with the sister and Shoko kind of being around pretty consistently. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the third one is the logical witch focusing on Futaba Ryo, the, uh, the, the lab coat friend <laughs> that mm-hmm. you guys mentioned is kind of the Tsubasa analog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sakura meets an oddly dressed Ryo to discuss Shoko, the, uh, the future past girl. And later on, later that same day on a date with Mai encounters Ryo dressed differently, sleeping in a net cafe. There are apparently two Futabas. Through the course of the episode, we discover that Futaba had felt isolated enough that she ended up posting salacious photos on a secret account on social media and is literally uh, is literally of two minds about it. On one hand, she uh, needed some sort of external validation due to her social anxieties and chronic isolation, primarily her absentee parents, uh, or significantly her absentee parents. parents. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God, it's, I'll, I'll get there in a sec. Uh, but... Uh, but has had massive body shame and concerns due to developing early and becoming the focus of other middle schoolers despite her social discomfort and no regard for her interest or consent. After a stalker scare and dramatic reassurance of her friendships, she deletes the account and decides to trust her friends, even finally following through on her doomed confession to Yuma, uh, Sakata's, or their friend. Which, so this one, like, I swear probably about half the book is cut out. Interesting. God, but yeah, I was like yeah. earlier. I was like, okay, she's not that much Hanakawa. Then I remembered that she her thing is like a split personality, one of which is acting out, and then they combine together, and like the two different parts of their personality are physically represented on their body. In this case, by her wearing a ponytail and glasses at the same time. Yep. Yeah. I, man. I, <laughs> I, I, in the end, it was a doomed confession. In the anime, at least, this is the like. Hey, so uh, you've read and liked Mon- Monogatari, right? Like, you want more of that? Yeah. This is the the end of Monogatari is is uh, Hanakawa's like first first pass at a doomed confession, and those couple of episodes are like stellar. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this this was pr- maybe a low point for me. <laughs> yep. I the the one thing I will say in its in its uh, uh, 
um, defense, defense mm-hmm. is that at the very least, she's not horny for the protagonist. Yeah. She's horny for yep. his best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this um, is the main thing is that, that uh, again, if, if like the weird sexual energy of Monogatari is off putting to you, which it's really weird, I get it, then uh, you'd probably like this more. Yeah. Yep. But, but also it is a like, yeah, it is a, it is, this is like, this is low like, key a harem. Yeah. Uh, Monogatari is like extremely, hey, all of these girls are overwhelmingly horny uh-huh. for Araragi. And I mean, they're doing the same thing where Araragi is going to like flirt, but he's loyal to his girlfriend, right? In yeah. the end. Yep. You know what I mean? So this is doing well, literally the exact same thing, just well, it, down. it's But it's, it's like, doing it like a step further too, because like uh, Araragi will like jokingly get really all up on people. Yeah. Or at least, you know. His perspective, blah blah blah. With I mean, guitar. this guy's like uh, staring him, up like skirts, basically. He's, he's yeah. also an incredible bottom. He, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, but he also like any time that he has to like actually act, uh, and it's not just in the form of a joke. Mm-hmm. He he needs encouragement. So like one of the things that I wish they didn't cut out on this is like uh, Mai and him have their first kiss here, and he needs to be talked into it. And then, like, later on when he wakes up in the hospital, like, uh, the most he asks for there is a hug, even though they've already kissed, too. And they're, like, his idea of pushing the boundary further is just, like, no, uh, not a 10-second hug. Can I get a full minute? Mm-hmm. So, like, it, there there are some... Right, they bump heads in the anime and don't Yeah, kiss, right? they... So it's that like scene is there in the book as well. Guess. So the book has the the scene of her coming into the living room to lay down next to him mm-hmm. uh, and has that whole failed scene. And then later on, after they find out that or after her agency finds out that they're dating and says, hey, no more dates, um, he walks her home. And as part of the farewell there, she's just like, you know, there's like no cameras. Nobody's outside. There's no weird cars around. Hey, hey, take a fucking hint. Hey. Mm-hmm. And has to be like literally talked into it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> also, I guess the book goes harder on the weird, uh, little sister Emoto stuff. And oh, actually, cool. yeah. So, you know, the scene where he wakes up and he has the cat on top of his face. Yeah. Yes. Um, apparently she's in the bed with him there. Hmm? Yeah. Oh god, yeah, she is in the bed with him at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah. Too. Oh, I thought she came in and was like, "Oh no, that's my job," and jumps into the bed with him in the that's show. A, uh, it, at the very beginning of the, I think the first episode is when she's in the bed. With him. Mm, yeah, yeah, that, that happens previous times too. Yeah. yeah. But here in the book, for whatever reason, it puts extra attention on her body there that wasn't in any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. And then you also have a weird thing with Shoko, who uh, is twelve year old. 12, 12 years old here rather than uh, he knew her as a second year high schooler. Um, there's a whole weird bath scene with her that didn't need to be there. And like, uh, it, it's it's like weirdly playing etchy stuff for the audience while Sakata clearly is having none of none of those feelings at all. It's literally like, hey, this younger girl that I'm looking after might get sick. She's soaked through. Let's try and get her cleaned up and everything else and blah, blah, blah. But then Mai walks in. You have to have all the etchy antics and blah, blah, blah. Which, so much better for cutting that stuff out. <laughs> yeah, this feels like editorial stuff, right? Like, hey, 
like we're already trying to sell the little sister right so just kind of like talk about her tits you know yeah and he's like okay fine i'll do it you know what i mean yeah i think the whole thing on that one was like he touched the cat and then he uh, noticed it was the cat and then he looks down and sees his sister in the panda outfit and i was like oh god i was worried it was her tits she's like why you didn't even cats don't feel like tits yeah exactly (laughs) but granted he wouldn't now so anyway anyway so yeah the futaba stuff didn't do much for me uh, yeah. it's like oh. it's cute it's a, like a cute anime friendship thing you know what i mean I, mm-hmm. I appreciate the like oh they're like a close-knit friend group mm-hmm. right but like yeah it doesn't like it doesn't stick yeah. in my teeth so another big reason on why it kind of feels empty too is they cut out like a large chunk of resolving her issue too um the book gets like weirdly moralist about the idea of selfies period (laughs) like first off he doesn't really understand why would somebody even want a secret account actually no step before that the uh yuma his best friend's girlfriend uh, there's the whole scene of him being like or her being like i found her secret account in the book like she caught uh futaba taking one of the photos and then in the book demonstrates the photo (laughs) before then revealing the secret account and then he doesn't get at all about the secret account so he calls up the reporter and there's a, an additional scene about just like yeah so the girls that i've talked to that have uh, gone and done this uh, for this expose i did and has to go through all of that to explain why somebody might want to take sexy photos weird and yeah and when he looks at her phone later like he compares the sexy photos that she's posting anonymously to like some selfies that she took in middle school. And it's just like, this just feels really weird. And then it's like, makes extra point of the group selfie with the three of them of being like, but this one's good. <laughs> so like the anime version is the best version that that could have been. And like, yeah. unless like they completely rewrote it <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's not good. All right. Let's hit the uh, last one that we covered. Yep, last one, Arc 4, Siscon Idol, focusing on Toyohama Naroka, uh, and a little bit on Sakura GMMI. Um, I don't remember what they point here as the thing, but uh, anyways, Sakura runs into Mai, uh, runs into a Mai who does not have any idea who he is, and it turns out Mai and his sister have swapped bodies, introducing Naroka and Idol on... Uh, in an upcoming group named Sweet Bullet, which was featured on TV in the previous episode. After spending weeks walking in each other's shoes, doing each other's performances, and Sakada and Mai communicating through their brand of honest dishonesty, the sisters cut through their parental issues, abandonment issues, and Nautica's inferiority complex to literally snap back into themselves, in possibly one of my favorite animation cuts in the series. <laughs> Th- that swap back was, I don't know, just the how quick it was the sound effect with it i just really liked it i wasn't expecting that certainly right because they were like oh yeah they switched bodies and i was like oh whoa yeah (laughs) it's like extra gross it's super fat like it is a great it's it's a great type of shock here clothes and has each other's hairstyles in that moment yeah Mm -hmm. and Um, yeah i don't have much on this one yeah it's kind of void i feel like (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm curious what the book will look like. Uh I wonder if it'll be like the previous arc where I'm just like they cut so much of this and it was probably good for it. 
Yeah, it's like they're doing this thing where it's like, oh, yes, the problem, the problem is very obvious. You know what I mean? At the very Mm -hmm. beginning. And then it just kind of goes for two episodes. Yep. (laughs) Yes. And it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know that it that it or the very end is good Mm -hmm. (laughs) aside from that it kind of feels like oh you found the one magic thing that fixes uh all of uh the motos um the letters the letters is like oh and now now actually she's fine i don't know but they also sit on it forever too yeah yes like if i if I had to watch someone who I kind of already resented for being better at everything than me uh, excel at my job with my face and get praise from the only people I cared about getting praise from. Yes. Get the one thing that she literally asked for. Like, yeah, yeah. That was that was a moment where I was like, wow, this would suck so much. Yeah. To to have. Yeah. Someone doing my job better than i have ever done before <laughs> the stuff with her mom is really bothering me too because like her mom is such a complete her mom shit. is abusive her mom is mm-hmm. like the, like unbelievable like a, just a terrible person and it's like maybe you too can apologize to your mom and like win her approval finally <laughs> i i do appreciate that it at least sort of walks it back with her immediately moving in with my afterwards just like yeah. nope that relationship is shit but, but I, yeah, like, having that moment there, like we want her to be around than it does anything else. Because she's like, oh, you know, I'm fighting with my mom again. But mostly I just want to yeah. be here, you know, twirl. Definitely. They, they treat it like it's no longer an issue. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like, after uh, the bit yeah. where the mom like uh, my with her face has like uh, don't like nailed a performance and gotten like a soul like a uh, uh, gets to be Feature. the center, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or something like that. Uh, the mom's just like, that's it. That was the one. That's all I needed. You were like three inches away from the the finish line, and you would have gotten every all the love you wanted from me. And it's like, that's not how this this that's not how this relationship works. This feels really art like artificial. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not said explicitly, but like it's the story is implicitly saying by the different behaviors between the two girls that. You know, if Nodoka just tried harder, and she'd just yeah. really apply herself, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> which just like, ugh. That's the whole, the thing with her with uh, Nodoka doing the the shoot as my. She's like, wow. You know, I always thought everything was so easy for her, but it just turns out that she's a harder worker and like super talented and better than me in every way. <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. the show feels like maybe if you look under a rock, this would be there. I'm hoping it's in the book who knows it's not in the show at least but like there's like the hint that maybe over there there's a version of this story that it at least acknowledges the fact that my doing all of this and being quote-unquote good by being a hard worker is a fucking trauma response from how abusive her mom was like Mm -hmm. she does kind of low-key get at that a few times when like uh when her and Sokka to talk about maybe going to college later on, he's like, are you going to do that while working? He's like, that's what I've done my entire life. That's right. She's been a star since she was six years old and her mom cared more about that career goal. 
Yeah, yeah. We we know her mom sucks because at yeah, the yeah. beginning her mom's forgotten about her completely and just seems like a shithead uh, the, uh, mm-hmm. in that arc. You know what I mean? But but also her mom's just doesn't. She she exist. has a new manager now and her mom doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, welcome to the low point and why I wasn't sure if we should split off the last uh, the the <laughs> last arc or not. <laughs> yeah, it's like. From the we watched this in a bunch of like every arc separately basically over the last mm-hmm. couple weeks or maybe we watched a little bit of the La Places Demon arc. No, I think we did every arc separately, didn't we? Didn't or did we do La I think Place we did and the uh, first two arcs together? Or did we do the middle two together? We might. Okay, we did some two together. We spent we had we did this in like three sessions and most of mm-hmm. the way through I was like this is this is fine you know mm-hmm. so I'm hoping to like be a little higher on it. I'm sorry to. It's not bad. I'm sorry to no. say at the beginning of this episode, I will talk about Torador when I'm done with it, and then keep bringing it up. But <laughs> it exists in a in a very similar space to me of like, I don't think about it when I'm not watching it, yeah. and when I'm watching it, I'm having a perfectly pleasant time. But yeah. it's not like it's like occasionally funny. There, right? there are yeah. there are shows that I watch, and I'm like, ooh yeah, I'm enjoying myself. I'm having a hell of a time. And then there's shows like this where it's like. Yeah, like, if I was watching this weekly, I would probably keep it up. But it might just be one of those things that, like, if I wasn't watching it with Ben, would just be like, oh, another episode of that? I, oh, I'm busy. So I was actually watching this as it was coming out with friends, and that literally at this point, that is why I was continuing going. Like, I I was in the same space you guys were, and I've been curious about revisiting it since then, so... The other thing I'll say about it is that uh, it is unfair to compare a lot of anime to a Shaft anime. The Shaft did. Uh, yes. 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 That's why the, yep. it's so freak ass pervert. Uh, yep. <laughs> yes. Anime. But uh, and and why is, it has yeah. This <laughs> why it has the nice. This looks nice. Uh, it's not really doing much. It's like I look at it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is like nice. Right. I did while we were watching the two episodes this morning. I was like. Why can't a Yuri get like an adaptation like this? Yes, just... this would be like the holy grail of Yuri adaptation. Is just right. It looks nice. Yeah. And there's no like moments where I'm like, wow, that looked really awkward. Yes. This is like, yeah, it is perfectly. It is, it is competent and not not using that as a derogatory thing. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, this looks fine. Yeah. It's like it doesn't have like a lot of. It doesn't have visual moments that really like stick out to me mm-hmm. you know what i mean the like the the transformation was kind of fun you know what i mean there's like little bits that are like oh that was kind of fun but like nothing that's going to be like st- sticking with me like uh the the fight with co- uh the rainy devil in the classroom in the abandoned classroom where it's just like neon like desks flying everywhere and blood <laughs> the like jungle gym in the yeah. first season that uh-huh. uh, oh, yeah. just hangs out on is uh-huh. forever seared into my brain sandra gahara's like weird like oh, set yeah. apartment <laughs> oh you know like stuff like that uh those are yep. visual significance like stuff from bakemonogatari oh. that sticks with me and again it's monogatari is like there. all about the visuals like the banter is the other thing but like man oh. those visuals to carry or to to, yeah. to portray that type of banter when it is that series is almost nothing but dialogue really yes and to be able to carry that at all visually it has to be stunning and they they pull it off well and this is the thing is i think i could watch more of this 
in a row. Yes. Because Monogatari is exhausting. exhausting to watch. Monogatari, yeah. like, I don't think I could ever watch it alongside somebody, aside from just, like, the, you know, <laughs> hey, this is a little too perverted for me to watch alongside somebody sometimes. <laughs> but uh, besides that, like, I'm pausing that show all the fucking time to read. Like, they put text on, like, three frame cuts uh-huh. to read. They, uh, like, sometimes it's just, like, just trying to figure out why why is this the visual they're choosing here uh-huh. and like there's so that movie that show is so dense like, yeah yes. mm. this is this is very very shaft of them right uh-huh. we've yep. watched a bunch of shaft stuff by now uh they do they like uh uh zetsubo sensei also has like little jokes and like weird bits of text just like scattered throughout <laughs> the the manga's assistant showing up consistently oh uh, just like a photo, a photo of, of him <laughs> <laughs> no there's a fucking show uh, um i think i i guess he's like a sprite from a visual novel but like pictures of a guy uh-huh <laughs> this is the the my... oh fuck the 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 ace combat dog yeah uh-huh. i often I think I I end up kind of negative on a lot of Shaft stuff, mm-hmm. uh, even as yeah yeah because I'm just like yeah I don't know I don't know mm-hmm. uh, but they're usually a great time to like experience in the moment. Mm-hmm. This is the difference between you and me. I will take really high highs, in, but inconsistency and even like really low lows over something that is consistently good but doesn't hit the highs yeah you value consistency so, in a good ending more than me i so value a, good a production ending. note <laughs> here oh. that uh might actually tie right there really well the director uh, is masui soichi mm-hmm. also the director of akiba made war oh, Aki- oh. Wait, wait. the director of uh of bunny girl akiba made war bunny girl yep yeah did a lot better with akiba made war <laughs> He okay. also did Chika the Coffin Princess, which I didn't really like, and Tenchi Muyo Movie 2. Hmm. Well, really I, I, he was assistant director with, uh, with Maid War. That's a, that's a show also where I don't think that I think about it a lot, but when I remember it, when someone reminds me of it, I'm like, well, yeah, what a show. You yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly very, the same. It's very, very watchable. Yep. It, mm-hmm. Incredibly so. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. What a show yeah and that that's a show that was like fun throughout and had also had a great ending mm-hmm. yeah that that one i was i think i've talked about it with you guys before i don't remember but uh that one was very much like it is one joke and it was always exciting to see how long that joke could stay funny and they managed to pull it through the entire, the entire single core series. they, they like could that's wild season of that but no <laughs> i'm it's a miracle they pulled it off so well for the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's Bunny Girl. We we talked about it kind of, kind of more than I thought we would. How long did we go for? Uh, we're at one twenty-eight. So. Okay, so an hour. Yep. That's that's your two time to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I am I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing the last little bit for next episode, and uh. Yeah, I would be if it gets if it gets interesting enough, right? If it if it like starts to diverge enough, then I would be interested in reading the light novels. Uh, but right now, I'm not sold. Yeah, understandably, if if uh, if it carries through the way I remember, 
I'm excited because two more movies dropped this year. <laughs> or are the second one is gonna drop? I don't know. But there's they've adapted two more of the novels. Interesting, interesting. All right. That's enough of your ET time, I think. Fen, you didn't have anything else to say? No. We already uh, mentioned my go. I'm yeah. I'm now I'm incredibly watch excited. My watch my go. We're gonna go watch my go after this. If mm. if if you like us uh appreciate a good toxic lesbian my go is the show for you <laughs> okay if you want to watch a, a girl who clearly hasn't bathed in a while in a dark <laughs> pristine apartment staring at her phone having sent a thousand text messages to a girl who is not answering her and then google if she's been blocked on how to tell if she's been blocked on social media yes and then freak out <laughs> Then my go is the show for you. It's about a band, technically. <laughs> if, okay, here's the thing. If you have watched previous Bandori things and gone, what are what are Fen and Ben talking about? We have not like, watched other Bandori stuff. Uh, so. Yeah, but, but I have heard that it is uh it is Yuri parentheses derogatory. Mm -hmm. Uh parentheses Howard like Yuri. Yeah, it's it's um it's cute girls hanging out, having fun playing music. Oh, is I feel like that's a tier below Coward's Yuri, even. Um, maybe I don't know. Yeah, but but that kind of uh, you can ship the girls if you want, but mostly you're here for the nice vibes. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, me forever mad at Hibiku Euphonium. Uh, I am going to watch Hibiku Euphonium. Uh, solely for the um the uh, Liz to Aoi the what? Liz and the Bluebird. Oh. I think is the I was searching mm. for the yeah. Um sorry. <laughs> no. Uh which I have heard is good. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I and I believe that the thing with Hibiki Euphonium is that Kyoani took one look at two girls and was like, You're writing them as a couple. And then yep. the monk or the, the light novel, I think that they're light novels. Uh author has apparently done this multiple times where she's like writes a couple that is gay and then is like and this girl goes with this guy and mm -hmm. um just completely doesn't understand her own work that way so how do you care if i say like the part that just bothers me more than anything with it or sure okay so okay. like ben, the ben looks like oh no. nope okay well, if we're gonna then watch no. it and talk about it yep. we should okay watch it and talk sure. about it easy enough yeah and like I said, again. forever upset about it, okay. <laughs> especially because it's focusing on the instrument that I played. And for a while, I was considering mm. going to university and becoming a music teacher off of that instrument. <laughs> so. Interesting. Interesting. All right. That, I think that's enough for your ET time. We got we got something to talk about, don't we? Uh, we never talked about what, what your tea fan, actually. Oh, I had a nice Sancho green tea this morning. Mm. I had two cups. Because I was sleepy when I woke up. Uh, it was very delicious. Fen got a bunch of fancy teas. Fen's becoming a tea pervert now. Hell yeah. <sighs> yeah. A tea girly. A tea I've girly. Got... As, uh, <laughs> as Marin calls us. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I've got an Earl Grey that's okay. I wanted to make a London Fog. And then I saw what I don't have to make a London Fog. So. Uh, 
Um, what was the tea that we tried yesterday? Fen is like uh, foisting tea on me. I say foisting. I'm kidding. I'm I'm the person who what. Well, I'm a little bit like Caster in Hollow at Axie being like, tea's just colored water, uh-huh. unfortunately. Uh, where, but I, I can enjoy it if it's made for me and be like, oh, this is like a fun experience. But I would never make it myself because I, in my head I am like rating drinks based on how much of it I can drink at once and how big a container I can get it in. <laughs> Let's see, I'm looking for... Uh... Complete like artless behavior from me. Um, it was like an oolong, right? High Mountain Gaba Oolong, which is a Taiwanese Oolong, mm-hmm. uh, is very tasty. Mm-hmm. I think that Ben agrees with me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's very good. Again, yeah. I'm like not like uh, I don't have a refined palate to like really talk about this stuff. But uh, I had a good time drinking tea with Ben. Hell yeah. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Me just sitting here nodding like you guys can see. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Just nod wisely. Okay. Is that that? Yeah. Okay. On to everybody's uh, favorite series. Okay, well, one, t- one day let's meet in the digital sea. Blue, it's so <laughs> having you. Um, Next time we are covering. <laughs> <laughs> More of this. this i'm trying to figure out how to take notes on a pdf as i'm reading it um mm. which i'm doing somewhat my desk. yeah well I've, I've ended up coming up with a new like oh my god why did they put this in here little mark to put in <laughs> i never had to do that for something before uh-huh so let's talk about what fate zero is. fate zero is a light novel series that was adapted into an anime it was written by uh, again urobochi uh who is a friend of nasu and has made a bunch of stuff you know what i mean he's worked on a lot of things i have not seen a lot of gan urobochi work uh but i have except for this i watched fate zero once before and uh madoka which is one of my favorite anime uh i think that that is a strength of madoka more than i like uh the way that gan writes uh because <laughs> i'm uh i'm starting this again and i'm like I don't think I like Zero very much. And that was basically my <laughs> response the first time I watched Zero. Zero was one of the first 
fate anime, fate things that I saw outside of Fate Grand Order. Fen, you've seen this before? Yes. I watched, I started Fate Go. Yes. Um, and was like, this story's not great. Mm-hmm. I should also, like, consume other fate media. Yes. Uh, like some sort of hungry worm. Uh... <laughs> searching around in the dirt for nutrients nutrients. um (laughs) and watched and i remember enjoying it yeah i remember being like oh yeah this is pretty good um i was i was at that point more awed by pretty animation Mm -hmm. and uh like cool fight scenes you were less uh discerning with the kindness of animation that get you going yes I was like, oh, this is fine. Yeah. Or this is good. And then, uh, and I also didn't know who Saber was. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, and we so. We can't talk about uh, uh, how they massacred your girl uh, too much no. of this episode. We will get to there. We will get there. Um, but yeah, so I had a perfectly fine time the first time through. Mm-hmm. And revisiting it, uh, I am far more critical. <laughs> Blue. Have you seen Fate Zero before this? Or read yep, it? Uh, kind of in a similar space as Fen, except for rather than going off of Fate Go, I was. Th- this was on that long train where I had looked at those screenshot Let's Plays or oh, read right, through Tsukihime right. that way. I went through Fate Stay Night. I'm like, okay, what else is there? What else is there? Because I want more Tsukihime. Fate Stay Night wasn't. Well, I guess there's a Stay Night anime. Let's look at that. And I watched the 06 anime. <laughs> Oh. And then I, I pretty much did this path through all of it. Uh, Zero, I was okay with uh-huh. uh, for something that you guys will talk about. I don't think it's in the chunk that we're here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there, it was fine. There are a handful of specific things that I remember liking, yeah. and I don't know that much more stuck in my head. Every time you're, you guessed, I remember the screenshot Let's Play thing and go like, oh my god, right, that... Yeah, the Stay Night one is so much worse than the Tsukihime one, too. Oh, my God. Tsukihime. I'm on day three now. It's fucking Tsukihime, folks. Hell yeah. Once once I'm done with uh, these two pod episodes, I'm going to catch up on Hollow at Araxia because I finally finished reading Stay Night. Nice. <laughs> and then after that, I'm going to start. I'm sorry, I'm cutting ahead of you, and I'm going to start reading the translation for. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. You're not allowed to tell me anything from the translation. You're going to overtake me really quickly. I, I um, assume so. <laughs> so jealous of everyone reading good visual novels. I'm having such a good time. It's Tsukihime. <laughs> the, because no one's reading Tsuki, the Tsukihime remake, literally the only thing I hear about it is people complaining, making the same three complaints about the design redesigns over and over again. And I'm just like, man, it's been like 20 fucking years. Yep. Like, yeah, they look different. This is not a remaster. It's a completely different game. Go play the original. Oh. I also think that's really good. <laughs> I was going to say, like, just imagine hearing that, like, from when they originally showed the concept art there. Like, it's, yeah, I'm it has been a complete it. nonstop. When, as soon as, like, we are actually covering it, I know that's all only joke. The jokes that people make are, uh, look at this non-Neko Arcoid. <laughs> and uh i can't believe they took away her skirt and made her uh, sweater tighter and i get it i get it i really do think that the early takuchi art is is very charming and i love it a lot and it's been 20 fucking years get over it so oh there's one other complaint that uh faded away as the remake started becoming real Mm -hmm. but with that initial concept art she was much more saber-faced 
So there was a lot of stuff like, wait, you're fucking taking like the original girl uh-huh, and you're making uh-huh. her like the other girl. Excuse yeah. me. It's like all of these complaints are totally valid. I'm tired of hearing them already. Yes. Anyway, anyway, let's, uh, let's go, back <laughs> to talk, go back to talking about Zero. It's going to be a long time before we can really talk about Tsukime. I just want to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just jealous of people playing good visual novels. I'm yeah. I am nearing the end of Fushigi Densha, and I have two incredible bangers lined up. You know, I was but... really jealous when you were playing uh, Mahoyo, and you didn't even have to read the fucking thing in <laughs> Japanese <laughs> over the course of maybe 500 hours of your life. And you, you had people reading you along don't with have you. to either. <sighs> anyway, so we all Urobochi. Right back to Urobochi. You know, Madoka's really good. I uh, like Psychopaths 1 also. I've heard good things about Psychopaths. We'll probably watch that at some point. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not a Genhead, but like, I also, I think that he's kind of like a Flashpoint guy for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I, think it, I think it is just Madoka. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. But like, Madoka causes people to have weirdo opinions about him, I feel like. Uh, I think all of his stuff has an element of that, because like, even like, you've also got Sayanouta there. That, like, people yeah. are weird about in, like, every direction you can. It's just no one knows about that, basically. Yes, I guess, like, I guess yeah. yeah. It's you, like, you are correct. The number of people who've read Sayanota or even yeah, heard like, about it are in, like, the margin of, like, error <laughs> for human existence. Exactly. Madoka is multiple orders of magnitude separate, yeah. but <laughs> but it is a trait of Urobuchi's stuff is just, it seems to have, like, uh, it's polarizing, I guess, is yeah. the easiest way to say it. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'm not a Urobochi hater. I'm not an Urobochi like uh, mega fan or anything like that. So we're just gonna get through this. And I, I've been told that the like aspirations of this was of Fate Zero was to make like a fun thing for super fans that and like have Urobochi like kind of st- like do his own style on Nasu stuff. And like I like it more in that frame than being a tentpole of the franchise. Because I don't, yeah. I think it's, Fen, I think it was you who said that you feel like the whole adventure is kind of misguided. Yes. Uh, I think, but that is, that is generally true of me, mm-hmm. is that, uh, yeah, the, even, or rather, I am the type of fan yeah. who, even if I really like something, mm-hmm. I'm not the type of person who's like, hey, all of those little references to stuff that has happened in the past, could you, like, write out scenes for all of those? Like, like a Star Wars expanded universe. Yeah, kind of vibe, which is just right? absolutely not my vibe. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, I liked I liked the thing that you made, and, uh, and that's all I really want. And I'm happy to see more stuff in this world that kind of, like, does interesting things well, this with is, this. I like... I, mean? I like... Uh, but I don't need the backfill. The backfill is a yes. different kind of vibe. Yes. Yep. And, yeah. If this was, even if this was, um, I guess didn't, yeah. It's kind of impossible because, like, the Fourth Holy Grail War hangs over the Fifth Holy Grail War in so many ways mm-hmm. that you can't tell this story without feeling like, uh, you are incredibly constrained by um uh the the fate stay night yeah um yeah. but part Even... of that is also that 
Fate Stand Up doesn't need to think about the logistics of how events happened. Mm-hmm. It gets to say, here is this important thematic note. Yeah. Uh, it needs to go into Saber never spoke. Yes. And it's like, yeah, that is that is like important thematically. And then uh and then this has to like be like, okay, but like how did they actually win the war? <laughs> if that was the case. Um Yeah. Which is just like, yeah, again, is uh I would so much rather stuff like um extra and ccc or um just like total spin-off even go when you grab some of the ideas and characters and uh concepts and then you kind of do your own spin-off yeah or even better is stuff like mahoyo um or like that style of like yeah we are going to take uh like we're gonna take similar themes rather than okay what is the lore bible for this world and like Uh What do we need to to? Oh, um, he does literally to... star Alko Aozaki. <laughs> but but oh, this like is one the of thing the is... other things that I remember hearing was like that uh, Urobuchi was told like he didn't have to worry about maintaining all the continuity. Of just don't care. You you can break the lore bible. Yeah, and I wish he did it more. Yeah, because like, yeah, exactly this is what I was say. this is very even in just these first two episodes. Like you can feel the prequel po- problem all over this. And if he had just written an alternative universe version of the fourth Holy Grail War that was whatever he wanted to say on his own, that then, like, yeah, you could use that to fill in and inform the history of Stay Night with it still being its own thing. But it's yeah. still doing the the Clone Wars problem, the Star Wars problem of just like, yeah, but uh, Anakin never met Grievous, so we yeah, can't yeah. ever have them see each other. Uh, this is This is the thing is like, yeah, I mostly i wish that this felt like its own thing mm-hmm. instead of uh and yeah instead of hey uh there are some really good scenes in stay night and holodraxia where we talk about things that happened during the fourth holy grail war mm-hmm. uh didn't you want all of those to be like a chapter and i'm uh-huh. like no not at all because again those scenes are doing like good character or thematic work and then this is like oh yeah but they're not like fun to read yeah i'm not over here like oh yeah that scene that was really good in context i'm so happy that i got to read everything that was said during it the slack that i'm gonna cut the light novel is that the translation sucks ass right <laughs> um, and I feel like part of the reason that I'm finding it so unpleasant to read is that it's just bad translation. I do think I have a feeling that part of this is because I don't like the way Urobochi writes. Uh, but the, here's the instrumental that's, thing. That's like literally impossible to say. Well, I mean, structurally. Yeah. Not like sure. word yeah. to word, moment to moment. The thing, the thing that Fate Stay Night opens up with is characters who are like uh uh going uh, go, starting stuff right they, yeah. they're going through something you get into their head you see what they're doing and you get you like kind of start to get a feel for them well, and then stuff happens this, this is let me finish my okay, sentence sorry fate zero opens up with a monologue about how cool and tortured kurutsugu is for like three pages and then uh he's like i'm gonna kill my wife you know what i mean and uh it's really hard to grab onto uh my first note is Karitsuko is such a quote quote unquote cool guy. Yeah. Like he's gun god from notes. Yeah. Is what Kiritsugu <laughs> is. But this is the thing is 
uh, or a thing I really like about Nasu's style yeah. is that it is very character based, mm-hmm. but um, or rather, it is characters as stand-ins for ideology and structure. Yeah, uh, like Rin is in many ways the typical mage, and so you are supposed to extrapolate both from the things that she does and the things that she can't do. This is what mages are like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to this, which is like, okay, here is like two pages on how mages work and what they're like. Yeah. Um, it's a lot more uh, greebly going to, to use another Star Wars like term. Well, also, like so much of this right here has been like characters not actually talking to each other, but more like talking at each other or talking at the audience. <laughs> in yes, the yes. guise of a dialogue it it feels like it's a non-stop exposition in the worst way <laughs> yeah yeah this the we watched the first two episodes of the anime for this as well because we're going to be watching the anime alongside this because we just don't want to do both it's a pretty close adaptation i think um yes. i think it or it it's is not a, like a it is a redeen anime where at least we're going to get the insane caster interlude yes <laughs> to like talk about it is a a i would not say yes it, it is a close adaptation mm-hmm. in that like it cuts internal monologue yeah it doesn't like yes it doesn't it's not additive, it doesn't change right? the story yes, it doesn't that's what i mean it is just hey here is the story that was written down. Now it is animated. So uh, it's a bad start. It's a bad start to a story. The first episode of the anime is like super long and uh, basically nothing happens. It's a lot of people standing in rooms talking without any real like without much visual flair to like mm-hmm. make it interesting. Right. This, OK. Like this they try the... to do it sometimes. But like, <laughs> this is the problem of having watched like Bakemonogatari and Hidamari sketch. Hidamatic sketch. Is that like, oh, there's an anime. You can make people sitting around talking so visually interesting. Uh, And UFO UFO table? Not very good at it. (laughs) That's not. That is not their strength. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Even like K&K, which that was UFO table too, right? Yeah. Which I like a lot. Uh, A thinking of the like t- conversation with Shiki at, uh, at the end in the snow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's mostly just them standing there talking in the snow. <laughs> I do yeah. think that that's like it's, it's pretty. Like, it's pretty, but... yes, it, but it's a different kind of vibe. Like, yeah. They don't try and like inject life into it. They let it be this smothering thing, yeah. and it works really well, well but, there. Like even other places where that are dialogue heavy in K&K, like the most interest they tend to have it is by like cutting other scenes in. Yes. You know, like it, it's a lot more of just like still direct visual storytelling and rather than trying to embellish, you yeah, know, to get like experimental with it. Yeah. Or, or even just like even I, I guess this is probably the closest they've gotten with trying to do some experimental visual stuff. <laughs> and God, that is bad. All right. Let's and talk about just, what's actually yep. happening now. Wait, real quick. Oh, friend's got another thing. Hey, oh, you're okay. I think that we should only cover what's in the two anime episodes. Oh, yeah. there's a scene oh. at the very end. Yes, of the of the cover. reading, there's a scene at the very end. We might as well happen. talk about that next time. Okay. If you're following yeah. along just watching the anime, uh, we will cover whatever's in the anime episodes. There are, yeah. Okay. Unless there's like really crucial details in our reading that we need to talk about. Yeah. But, 
Uh, I have heard. Sorry, Ben. I'm not going <laughs> to start Urobochi discourse. Uh huh. You're going to start Urobochi discourse, aren't you? <laughs> I do not want to start Urobochi discourse, but um, the prologue to this, reading it, I was like, ah. Uh, I see. I understand why people think Urobochi is a horrible sexist <laughs> misogynist. Yeah. It's like um the thing that he's going for is here is a bunch of like awful men, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like they're awful and that's part of the thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I totally get that. I get, I get that you're not like actually being like, wow, aren't these guys actually good people? More or less, right? Uh yeah. It's still just unpleasant to read, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like Shiro's m- weird misogyny in the fate route, but like stretched out to uh, <laughs> encompass the world. Well, yeah. but it's also the thing about fate yeah. is that there Shiro's definitely like a yeah. misogynist or sexist in yeah. general, even past the but fate the world is where that's right? the bit. Um, yeah. Or like the world is sexist in that uh, Nasu still has like lay sexism that shows up in all of his work, but it's not like chokingly so yes and (laughs) often i guess i would say it often feels like he is doing something with his characters being normal people and therefore sexist yes Um, and like he's acknowledged and tried to engage with those biases as well yeah yes uh i can't speak to urboshi's work generally i like madoka a whole lot uh the prologue to this is miserable we've got Uh, First off, two women and two girls, uh, and none of them do anything or have any real, like, personality. Uh, well, we start with Irisville. Irie. Irisville. Irisville. It's like Um, Iris. Oh. Irisville. Uh, We start with a monologue about how cool and sexy and dangerous and depressed Kiritsugu is. (laughs) Yes. He is. Yes. Um. Kuritsugu is so funny mm-hmm. because, yeah, he's like, it's, it is having it both ways with like, oh, he has such a strong ideal and like, he's so tortured over it and it's going to lead to his downfall. But also, <laughs> I, thought I killed the, that alarm. Uh, the way it's written is like, yeah, but like, look at how cool and sexy he yeah, is doing that. all of this. And like, he's, he's. He's so emotionally distraught inside, but, like, in a cool, uh, manly way. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, He is an action protagonist. Like, yes. like, he should have a standalone separate series, is, like, how he's written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's going on here? Uh, Kiritsugu is an assassin. Yeah. He murders bad guys. Uh, he wants to, he, his dream is to save the world from evil. And he does that by butchering a bunch of random people, seemingly, seemingly random people that are classified as bad guys. I mean, like, he's a utilitarian. Yes. In that yeah. he believes in the greatest good for the greatest mm-hmm. number mm-hmm. and, like, acts on that. He's also a sad dad <laughs> because his ba- his daughter just got born. Mm hmm. Fate um, discovering sad dads before Sony. Yeah. So Iris VL is an Einsburn homunculus. I think that we can pretty yeah. safely say that. She is also Ilya's like biological mother. Uh-huh. Uh, Ilya is like less half homunculus and half human because Kiritsugu is her biological father. 
but she's been uh manipulated through magic and that's why she's going to like uh do, do they say here that that's why she never grows up past a certain point no uh, he ta- he talks about being sad about how she's never gonna get tits later yeah <laughs> um yeah anyway and then kiritsuki does this thing where he's like i'm gonna be your the death of you wife and she's like great excellent i exist to die for you yes uh and again even if this is being self-aware about it it's not very fun it's fun or interesting to read right mm-hmm. well i don't know that it is self-aware uh-huh. about i mean this is the argument that people make about fate, fate fate zero and like the unpleasantness of all these people is like no 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 no, no. this is on purpose I, and it's like yeah you can quibble about that. there are parts of it that i think are yeah but eerie's uh iris yeah iris um like the whole bit about like her becoming a human by being a wife and a mother to it well yeah the 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 yes by being a um by being a mom and it's like yeah really that's that's the only thing that made her human Mm -hmm. is having a child and needing to care for it yeah um so yeah, yeah they say up front that Kiritsugu is planning on killing Iri to uh because she's going to become the Grail. Well, or this is sacrifice her for her his ideals. This is the thing is like it could have been yeah. If this was if if again, if this had strayed farther from canon. Mm-hmm. Uh it's like nothing in this is related to Iri. Mhm. Or, nope. sorry, nothing in this is related to Kuritsugu. Mm-hmm. Irie was always going to die. Mm-hmm. That's just how the grails work. Yeah, she was yep. She was made to do this. It's not uh, really... But it's being played They would have just like, hired someone else. Yeah, it's... Well, and it's being played as, like... I Yeah, I just don't know why <laughs> Kuritsugu like, has to be torn up about this. Well, he's... Because he's Shiro. He's no, just they, Shiro they, again. But he's not going to oh, go anywhere. Interesting. They ostensibly play them as being some amount of in love yes yeah yeah uh-huh. it seems more to me more like he's in love with the idea of having a wife and kids than he is uh, in love with the actual wife and kids that he's got but yeah. you know i i very much agree but <laughs> like shiro also loves to take other people's problems that have nothing to do with him and then be like damn i could have prevented this yeah uh-huh. yep. yeah um Real quick, you gave me a life that wasn't that of a puppet, says woman who only cares about her husband's wishes. Uh-huh. Yep. Cut to three years ago. <laughs> I was like, three years ago what? <laughs> three years ago before what? Before before Elia was born? Uh, so no, funny. they're talking about the Holy Grail War. Uh, this is Kotamine's prologue. This is Kiritsugu and Kotamine are kind of the dual protagonists mm-hmm. in a sense, you know what I mean? I've heard that Urobochi and Nasu view Kotamine as the protagonist because again, Kurisugo is trapped in Amber. He yeah. he can't like we know what he is like when he meets Shiro and it's We also or, know what Kotamine is like, but Yeah. But like Kotamine starts at a different point. Yeah. yeah. Kurisugo is just yeah, he he was that guy. Yep, yep, yep. Uh the I guess I say Gudul protagonist because uh the story opens on Kiritsugu, right? It's probably going to end on Kiritsugu. And, like, yes, Kotamine is the one with the arc, right? Uh, more of an arc. But, like, you know, they're, pair- they're paired up, yeah. I guess is what I mean. Yeah. They, are, they are a pair that completes each other. Yeah. Or at least, and, like, that's what they're going I, for. 
comparing to comparing to fate like uh like kiritsugu like in or sorry in stay night kiritsugu just looks like a burnout version of now we're seeing how he got to that burnout <laughs> whereas kire like they 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 almost seem like different characters so like you you can already infer that there is some amount of growth that will happen here yeah or some sort of an arc will happen here kotamine is this flop just... era <laughs> it's so wild that that kotamine gets command spells three years before the grail war starts like uh-huh. I know that it's funny also that his command spells in the, the show look like grail mud. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it's a little on the nose, but it's, it's also wild having uh, Kiritsugu getting it eight years ahead of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is it's it's one of those things that is like, I know that the 10th or 5th, I don't know why I said 10th, 5th mm-hmm. uh, Holy Grail War is different because it's only been 10 years. That's why I said 10th. Yeah. Um, but it does. Yeah, it's one of those things that is like it does feel silly to be like, in eight years there's going to be a thing you have to show up for. Uh-huh. Um, like, but, put like they could show appointment the appointment book. They could show the preparation without them getting hit with the con- command spells early either. Yeah, too. Yeah, like I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's like especially because yeah. I think it's fine because like again, this is like something that you get fifty years to prepare for, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So that didn't really bother me too much because because they're doing this thing where it's like, oh, yes, these are the people who uh, have the strongest like uh, wish for the grail. Right. Mm-hmm. Kotamine hasn't figured his out yet, but uh, he definitely has a need for it in a way that a lot of other people don't. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get what they're going for. Yeah, it a just feels like they're trying to win the grail because they're trying to win the grail, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it just feels like a weird, weird pivot on like the, the ritual is happening eight years from now but the ritual's acting now yeah yeah Ilya had berserker summoned for a long time didn't she how long did she have berserker summoned in advance months yeah yeah okay in we are in italy now uh this is a much more international uh (laughs) story than fate's day night uh kotamine is here along with big kotamine risei uh, they're talking with Tosaka Tokiomi, Rin's shitty dad. Uh, they are planning to hijack the Holy Grail War and cheat, basically, by entering Kotamine as a contestant and having him support Tokiomi because Kotamine's dad's like, he's a cultured, cultured man, and uh, Japan is in the process of civilizing, and we need to make sure, and I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, bud. Um... Yeah, so he's, one of he's their... basically the church wants Tokiomi to get the grail if someone's going to get the grail because he's like a church ally and a Christian, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Uh, they they do this conversation where they try and talk Kotamine into this. And in the my, in the anime, this is like animated as the two of them walking in circles <laughs> around him at a slow <laughs> but steady pace. <laughs> it's it's really funny from several angles it's really dumb looking uh it's it's, this is the one i was referring to where they they attempt they try something but man no (laughs) Uh uh uh-huh uh this is also very go round kotamine like expressionlessly like turning his head from one to the other every now and then is really funny um and this is also where they start referring to the holy grail war as Evansfield. It is not Heavensfield. Which is not... It 
Yes. Like the Heaven's Feel mm. is how the servants are summoned. They call it the Heaven's Feel. Yes. The and funny it's... thing, I like I ended up wiki diving as soon as I saw them like, what what? What do you mean? And like it is noted in there as like uh Holy Grail War in Fuyuki, known as Heaven's Feel. Just like it it's in the wikis, which you know. Yeah, I mean wikis, because of but... Fate Zero, right? Oh uh, yeah. But like they're very, very clearly distinct concepts in Stay Night and uh Urobochi feels mm-hmm. like yeah. like uh combining the two, the concepts for some reason. Maybe he just likes like, the way have... Heavens feel sounds and wanted to have it's, characters it's say it a lot. Cool it's a cool phrase. phrase. But it's like it is. but it's materialization of the soul, which is one of the things that you could do with the grail it's not an event yes it's a it's a power and, so and it is, is specifically is only the einsburn's wish yes yeah yeah it's yeah yeah it's it's like a real quibble but it is annoying the hell out of me mm-hmm. so anyway we yeah. did have a we did have a question of how japanese kirei is and he is japanese okay oh he is yeah yeah, they mentioned like return to home country or something like yeah. that. Oh, okay, okay. Kotamine is like, oh, but I don't have a wish for the Grail. I don't have anything. I'm boring right now. Um, but yeah, he's gonna do it anyway. He's gonna drop. He's gonna drop out of the church. The idea that there's official paperwork for transferring from <laughs> church to mage is really funny to me. Well, I feel like he has to file a resignation. And then has to file a like. There's a form stamped by both organizations. Is there? Yes. Okay. They they mentioned something about like a transfer. And, yeah. Okay. It's a transfer. Like, which, yeah. Which like, I want more of that. Honestly, <laughs> give me more of the weird, weird administrative stuff between the church and the mage association. If they aren't like, they have a cold war going. I know exactly. Um, this is this also this Kotumine. This is another case where I wish it had, uh, like, that the novel was more different from the game. Mm-hmm. Because the vibe I got from from Stay Night is like, oh, right. Kotomine had already at least figured out what his question was when his wife died. Mm-hmm. And this is like, yeah, he has nothing going on right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. His wife died, like, two days ago, they say, yeah. which is re- also really funny. Yep. Like. Which is like, yeah, I had, well, I, I guess had, that's I what had... they're doing is like, um, that's why he has command spells, right? It's because even if he hasn't like consciously realized it, his wish does exist, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Kotomine spends some time thinking about Tokiomi and how Tokiomi is like a cool noble. And he's like, he's the same kind of guy as my dad. If I just do whatever he says, he's going to think that I'm doing it because I love doing it, not because I'm just doing it. Um. Oh, yeah. And there's also an aside about how he, like, cuts himself or whatever. Is there? He, oh, right, yeah, right, he, like, right. Uh, yeah. does, like, penance, uh, like, beatings or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it made his body super strong, which traditionally, uh, beating the shit out of yourself... <laughs> <laughs> does yeah definitely the, the saiyan method yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> what do you mean a goku theory <laughs> <laughs> one year ago this is about a new guy kadia mato kadia ho 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 he's flirting with someone else's wife it's uh tokiomi's wife it's rin's mm-hmm. mom 
uh, Aoi, uh, Tosaka Aoi. Um, basically, he's a like a, a he's a mage dropout who ran away from his family, but has a thing for uh, this girl. He like it was like a childhood crush thing. It seems like between him and Tokiomi, like love triangling, and she picked Tokiomi, and uh, Kadia just kind of left town. And now he's kind of like, but what if this was my wife? And what if these were but he, my kids? You he's know? also recurringly around Aoi, Sakura, and Rin, bringing them presents. Yeah, the idea that he like comes <laughs> back to town and is unbothered by the Mato family, uh, but won't won't cross the bridge to get to the, the house. Like, no, 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 that's too far. <laughs> it's very funny to me. That all is fine. Uh, I hate how Aoi is written in this scene. Aoi is like terrible. This is terrible. Because she has nothing Le- going less on. Less than a character. Why did they, uh, why bother inventing her? She could have been dead. This, like, okay, here's the thing. Uh, I, I, I both believe that what this is going for is, hey, like, this is a kind of shitty dude. Yeah. Uh, and also it reads as like, no, he should have kidnapped her. <laughs> Like, she would be happier if he had kidnapped her. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, because, and here's the thing. I thought at first, I was like, oh, well, she's obviously a mage. Because that's how mages work. Yeah. And then it's like, so can I talk about what the what's oh, happening in the scene first? Sorry. And then we can do um, take. So, he's come to visit Aoi and see so- uh, Sakura and Rin. Yeah. He gives Rin a present. He asks where Sakura is so he can give her her present. Sakura has been taken by the Mato family already. He confronts Aoi about this. Aoi is like, hey, bud, this is just like how it's got to be, right? And then he's like, but I can tell she's crying on the inside. And really, like, she didn't want that either. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he go, commits to go talk to his grandpa. Yes. Uh, sorry, I was reading your notes. And yeah, yeah, go ahead and not jump into it. How far we got? Um... I think that this scene would be so much stronger if Aoi was a mage, had other one, had anything else aside from being a mom going on, uh, because then she would be a character and not just a, an object. Yes. Um, but also, if she was a mage and was like, yeah, dude, this is how mages work. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, like we couldn't bring up Sakura as a mage because she wouldn't get the crest. And like, what were we supposed to do then? Uh, instead, it's like, no, he's basically correct yeah. that she's miserable because her daughter got taken away and her daughters are all she has. Uh-huh. And so, like, yeah, she shouldn't have married Tokiomi. And the thing is, like, she's culpable, too. Yeah. Right? Like, sure, you can say whatever about, like, she doesn't have the power to, like, fight Tokiomi. But, well, like, but that is how it is. have no implication that uh, Tokiomi, like, forced her into this. Right? She's like, I never even said that I didn't want it to happen. Yeah. Right? But it's because she's like, oh, a tragic woman who can't even bother to bring it up. Yeah. Right? But like, in a technical sense, the woman who watches their kids get abused uh, and doesn't do anything, maybe if you're being abused too, then like, this is complicated, right? But that's not what's happening. She mm-hmm. just didn't say anything. Like, she's not a, a pure object that he needs to protect. Like, she also sold her daughter to the bugs and piss room. 
I don't okay. Like, I, in I Stay don't, Night, like this I, is what it should be, right? But like yeah, this is how yeah. he's talking about it is oh, she has no power because she's like a pathetic woman and she's an object to be passed around and uh I want that object. Yeah. Right. Well and so in Stay Night, like I don't remember Rain bringing up her mom much at all. Like I think I like a scene or something. I assume yeah. she was dead way like, before. She, exactly. She was already like full on not a character. The so why reason, does she have to be here as an actual character? Or like air quotes, Aoi actual exists, character. The only reason that Aoi exists to me is to make this scene happen. Because he can't be here to visit Rin because Tokiomi wouldn't let him see Rin. Yeah. Right? Like, and then also she's also around for the rest of it. But like, if she was dead, all of this stuff could still be happening, basically. He could get a letter from his gra- from, from uh, Zoken being like, Haha, I've got Sakura now. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And then he could have the exact same arc with no changes, and they wouldn't have to introduce Aoi and have her be this, like, nothing character. Yeah. They could and- even keep him being super creepy about it, him, like, see Rin by herself somewhere, be like, wait, what? Sak- Sakura, what? And mm-hmm. some sort of path from there. But, like, instead you have to have... <sighs> Women yeah. are equipment in this, right? Yes. Like mm-hmm. men equip them for stat bonuses. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I real quick, I don't I don't think I like I don't think that she is a at or at least in the way that it is written. Yes. She is not at all culpable. I guess I'm saying is she should be. Yes, yeah. Right. Yes. That is what I am yes. also saying. Is that like it would be so much more interesting if she was culpable and like or even if was she acknowledged actually... that culpability. Because they're they're like discarding the concept entirely. Uh, because women again, don't have the power to change things. Yes, this is the mm-hmm. thing. Is like the way it is written, she's not culpable because even if she'd spoken up, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like she couldn't have done anything. Yeah. Um. And it would be so much more interesting if it was like, yeah, like my husband and I, we have our own research going on, and like we have lives outside of our children, and uh, yeah, sometimes you got to sell a child, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, e- either make her more of a character or actually like discard her to the non-character completely mm-hmm. that she is uh right yeah so kari is like oh right we get this next bit the fun the best bit of this scene is the revelation that zoken is in the family registry uh-huh. like a couple times <laughs> definitely but the fact that he bothers at all at this point is really funny oh uh, when they call, when Sakura and Shiki call him their grandfather, like, I I got that the thing was, Shinji? or Shinji. Shinji. Uh, Shinji, yes. Uh, I got that the thing was that uh, he's always around and he's basically their grandfather. He's like, great, 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 great grandfather, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, whatever. But this is like, no, legally speaking, he is their grandfather because he's in the registry as Karia's dad and as Sh- uh, Shinji's dad's uh-huh. dad. It's like we I did not need I didn't I, you're literalizing stuff that just didn't need to be literalized, bud. Especially when like he He's, already has the ability of go just to like a government building? Well and he, he already has the ability of just like taking people's bodies. Yes, it'll look like him again, but like so why doesn't he just well, uh, identity theft? This know? is the read I have mm-hmm. that is people are born given the name Mato Zoken, mm-hmm. and then he takes over their body. I guess. Right, yeah. So Karia has magic potential. He could have been a mage. 
if he had just gone through the training. Mm-hmm. And then the Mato bloodline wouldn't have been doomed. So this is all Shinji's fault. <laughs> Shinji just sucks. Instead of it being like completely an inevitable decline that would have come to a terminus in this generation, uh, it's all Shinji and his dad's fault, which is really funny. Well, yeah, it's all his dad's fault. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, here's the thing that's bu- also bugging me about Katia. Why did he get a choice? Great question, they, Dan. So, so they at least imply that it was a fight for him to get out, and yeah, that's but like, part of him not showing back up. But yes, I agree with you. Rin gets her, uh, uh, uh what you call it? Crest. Begin the begin the process for that begins when they're an infant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't get a choice about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Mato th- uh, loved to throw babies into the warm rape pit. Right. Mm-hmm. It seems more like like twelve year olds. 10 how old uh-huh. is well I they guess... did it as soon as they got a hold of soccer but like soccer is six yeah. soccer is like six yeah, yeah. so why was wait no able this is a year before so soccer okay so five. she's like five the question i have is if they knew that he had magic potential greater than shinji's uh shinji uh yeah shinji shinji's, shinji's dad, dad had why did he ever get a choice and was able to leave great question the yeah yeah the existence of this character is uh yeah you know very silly to me i guess okay uh basically karia is like uh i want you to free sakura and zoken's like i already got her in the pit bud uh but sure yeah if you come back and you go in the pit you can both be in the pit and then if you win the grail war i'll let her go but you'll die this guy another thing this is another thing about this guy man you should have just hit the bricks none of this is your problem like yeah it sucks Mm -hmm. what's happening to sakura but also Sticking your hand in the meat grinder isn't going to save her. Like you're not Stop changing. Stop being obsessed any with Aoi. Yeah, they're not your kids, right? Another entertaining translation thing is I warm storage is just such a funnier, weird phrase to yeah, choose. Yeah. Um, like yeah, he's another like uh, he's obsessed with his past, uh-huh. like. I know why he's doing this. Uh, the The book is very clear about why he is doing yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, no, I'm it's... not like, I'm just, I'm not talking about it in like a technical sense. I'm just being like, bud, you, you were right. <laughs> like, come on, you got out. Yes. Uh, let's see. It's very funny when he's like, Zoken, you're not like going to trick me, are you? And Zoken's like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no trickery here. Him calling Zoken explicitly a vampire to his face was, mm-hmm. especially in the anime, cutting over to Zoken having the raised eyebrow. Zoken's like, whoa, rude. Well, and this is the, this is, okay, this is one thing that is like, yeah, sure, if, if Karya goes on to win the war and gives Zoken his wish, Sakura probably will be let go, but like Zoken knows that's not gonna happen. I mean, it's Zoken. He would probably just kill her and be like, "Now she's free!" <laughs> oh yeah, you know what I mean? It's like he, you he just wouldn't can't deal with give her like up this. in the sense that you're expecting. Absolutely, mm-hmm. we're he done. He's the most the... evil dude. Yeah, I know. He's like a cartoon character. You can't like look <laughs> at him for too long because you can't talk to him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Fen keeps giving me weird looks. I don't know what am I doing. Okay, we're done with the like 
X years bef- uh, ago thing, and we're now on Act One slash One. Well, and what Ben Where does we not start- have written down here is that there's like a timestamp at like yeah negative two hundred and seventy hours or whatever. Yeah, it's like eleven days or something like that. Which somewhere somebody mentions it might last about two weeks. So mm-hmm. I think the timers for the end of the Holy Grail War. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ignored the the time. I was like, is that like coordinates or a timestamp yeah. or something? I don't care. It feels very Donnie Darko. It's waiver time. I was going to say, real quick, sorry, before it's waiver time, uh, all of this feels like uh, like an action thriller setup. Yeah. Um, the timer, the like mm-hmm. years before, all the setup, the mm-hmm. all of the men. It's like, it's yeah. All the men. Uh, the parade of sad men. This is a like pretty good 2005 action flick uh-huh unfortunately it's four light novels that we have to read <laughs> we're about to meet a man named waver velvet what kind of man is waver velvet well he's a 19 year old whiny college student <laughs> and it's really funny to get to him after all of those other guys the uh, twinkest very... twink that ever twinked it is okay re uh re rin having a magic crest ben I don't know that Urobochi knows that magic crusts exist. <laughs> He's I, like Ilya th- thinking that magic crusts and uh, command spells are the same thing. Uh-huh. I thought that uh, like part of El Malloy's thing here, like going in on the legacy was at least, if not, if it didn't explicitly say it was at least implying that like that is they talk why about the families are better. They talk about magic eugenics, but they don't talk about well, like magic crests. Waver talks about density of magical circuits. Yes. But there's like no acknowledgement that like yes. They don't say, is, specifically talk about magic crests. Yeah. 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 Um there's no yeah, acknowledgement that like yeah, again, different doing different things, different thematic goals, but uh Stay Night is in part uh about like the the weight of legacy and part of that is um hey like magic crests are a parasite. way what they're a parasite they're they're like your family legacy literalized as a parasite yes but also <laughs> they give you power yeah like yeah if if your family is good at things they will teach their children how to be good at those things um, i think it partially is like running into a logistical issue with the idea that idea and the clock tower existing because the idea of the crest in general being the culmination of a family's research into a specific topic like uh they, they mention uh before like gander being activated by her circuits aligning she didn't have to create the spell herself mm-hmm. so why are they going to school sharing information <laughs> When the whole thing is them like hoarding that information, clock tower I'm, already exists and is something that Nasu does. Uh, I know. Like, I'm, I'm saying Urobuchi is running into the logistical problem of those two concepts existing yeah. and trying to bring them together. Yeah, and this is the thing: is that uh, if I had to say one, the major difference mm-hmm. why I like. Uh, uh, one of the major reasons I like Zero way less than uh, Stay Night so far, let's say so far, maybe I'll turn around on it, is that Zero is so much more interested in what are events that happen 
and stay night is so much more interested in like what are what is interesting thematic stuff to play with yeah yeah okay let's speaking of stuff that happened waver goes to clock tower mm-hmm. he's not from a famous family they only go back a couple generations but he's a smart kid right he says this a lot. He's a brilliant... He's actually, according to Waver, the smartest kid that Clock Tower has ever seen. And he thinks that they should take him more seriously. Now... Talk about I gotta two characters back-to-back that are so different between the novel and the uh-huh. show just because of the change in interiority. Right. He's, mm-hmm. He comes off as a lot like more of a snotty brat. and yeah. Well, he he has the vibe of a snotty brat in the, the show, but here he's, it's like... In the show, he's a pathetic twink. Uh-huh. In this, but, he's a he's a bitter little yeah. manlet. <laughs> okay, if if I was teaching at a school, and a kid, a nineteen year old like freshman, came up to me and handed me a uh, like essay they've been working on since they were sixteen about how actually everyone else should acknowledge how cool and smart he is, <laughs> I would Four also years. laugh him off. Yes. Four years, three years of like research and one year of writing. Uh, um, yeah uh absolute loser behavior uh i don't think kenneth l malloy archibald is gonna be a great guy it sounds like he's an asshole too but like come on waver buddy <laughs> yes but so he thinks that everyone is too obsessed with magic eugenics to recognize real talent he's he's right like he's right about that yeah you know well yeah he is right in the sense that uh uh there is there's like there's no place for the talented because uh the the people from families uh-huh. uh are are starting at so much higher a place like yeah because of the status like buy-in that they yeah. have right like uh Bazette comes from an ancient family too and they treat her like shit because she also doesn't have status buy-in yeah. you know what i mean it, well, and it's the thing of like, yeah, again, uh, back to back to crests, which apparently don't exist. But <laughs> so bitter about uh, it's it's the thing of like, Waver could spend his entire life being smarter than anyone else, and he would get to like a tenth of the ability of someone who is from a long family. Yeah. Um. Right. So he is accidentally handed a package to deliver to Kenneth, to uh, El- his teacher, El Malloy. Well, in the book, it's like, oh, yeah, he goes and picks up his teacher, his advisor's packages yes. and delivers them. Yes, in, yes, the, yes. in the in the show, it is. Like, <laughs> it's so yes, funny. The show, it's got the, that scene has the energy of the, the scene in the Dean anime where Shinji's just walking down the street and just like hit, somehow hits a, a trash can six feet away from him and screams. Waver like <laughs> walking down a completely empty hallway and rams into a guy going slowly carrying a box <laughs> like coming they at pull him. the camera so far out too so like you can see just how much space there is like uh. <laughs> it's gotta be either this guy is like rooting for waiver or this guy was like i'm gonna run this kid over uh-huh. one of the two <laughs> listen it's one of his few joys <laughs> so <laughs> kenneth el malloy was going to uh be a clock tower vi- like he was gonna go participate in the grail war right and show off Waver found out about this and was got a hold of the package containing his, the catalyst that was being uh that he that 
was requisitioned by Kaneth, and they just kind of gave, were going to give it to him, which is pretty funny. It is extremely, like, academia mm-hmm. that uh, the clock tower sounds one person, and they can just kind of requisition something, that mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, there's a wish-granting object, but, like, you'd have to, like, fight it, uh-huh. fight for it, and, like, do practical things? Nah, I'll just stay home and do more research. <laughs> uh-huh. So, Waver stole that, ran away from school, and now he has, uh, he's he's white, so he's found some Canadian immigrants to Japan <laughs> who he has hypnotized into thinking that he's their long-lost grandson so he can stay at their house for free. Waver McKenzie. His name is Waver McKenzie. Their names are Glenn and Martha. It's really funny. <sighs> oh... And they're like, he like, also, uh, because he needs them for something, he has stolen some chickens and is pretending that, uh, he's holding on to them for a friend, which is also really funny. <laughs> the chickens and also this weed are not mine. <laughs> I'm holding on to them for a friend. Um. <laughs> Don't try and smoke weed in Japan. Oh, God. You're going to yeah. catch serial killer disease. Uh, speaking of serial killers, Glenn and Martha is like... Oh boy, you know, things are crazy lately. What with that fabled serial killer that's come around to town? <laughs> uh, that's such a funny moment to me. Well, as we know, Ben, uh, he hasn't killed anyone anywhere else. So mm-hmm. He has, but no one knows that he's killed people elsewhere. So. Act 1 slash 2. We're back to Kiritsugu. Uh, this is not Act this is Act 1, Part 2. Act 1, Slash 2, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not, yeah. That's Act 1, yeah. 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Act 1.2. Act, yeah. Act 1, Dash 2. Yes, there we go. Kiritsugu. This is a bad naming convention. <laughs> it's hard to... I know, I was thinking Masu... two acts, right? And then I got to the end and was like, oh. <laughs> oh, it's just... Multiple, it's like chapters in acts. Nasu and Urobochi uh, handshaking over things that are hard to say on a podcast. Well, a lot of light novels do this, and it's kind of annoying where you'll have the chapter, and then beneath it, you will have like you'll have your normal breaks and everything, but you'll literally have just like one. So, like section one, section yeah. two, section three. NK also does those. Yeah. Yep. So. The Ainsburns hired Kiritsugu because they suck ass at fighting, uh, and they're tired of losing. Last mm-hmm. time they tried summoning Avenger, that didn't go... <laughs> that went really poorly for everyone. <laughs> really uh, poorly. At the time, I think it was just like, oh, we suffered a major loss, uh, and it's just kind of boiling in the grail, and they don't really know about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have their own knockoff Zoken, a 200-year-old uh, loser named uh, Jubstashe. Von Eisberg, calling him uh, Jubs from now on. Uh, th- this moment was a real, like, oh, cool. Even the one family that the only person in power we knew was a woman. Nope. Also run by men now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, oh, also, it's very funny that they just dug up uh avalon the scabbard from cornwall it's like you know clock towers in england right you think they would want to get their hands on that one at least if they're collecting things summoning catalysts all of the relics that show up in this are some of the most absurd (laughs) absurd things to me Uh like yeah like the cornwall right there and just 
randomly a package that says Macedonia on it. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. right, right. <laughs> uh, so, yes, he as a wedding present, basically, he's like, here's your, your catalyst for summoning a servant. It's li- literally King Arthur's sheath. You're not going to get no one, but it's going to be nothing but King Arthur when you use this thing. Kiritsugu is like, well, sure, that's great. I'm sure he is going to be really strong. This guy, King Arthur, the man, he's going to be really powerful. And uh, But we're not going to get along because we're too different, et cetera, et cetera. Because he's going to be knightly and naive because he's knightly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and then uh, we have a scene of... It is funny that he forced the Einsburns to get an internet connection so he could get emails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he like reads a dossier about the other masters who he who he's had someone look into and whatever. And he's like, "Whoa, this Kotamine guy. He seems really dangerous and cool." Uh, it is made sure that uh, Eerie is called out as having uh, difficulty reading text on a screen mm-hmm. for some reason. Well, it's bright. Yeah, she's only ever looked at books I before. Yes, but like, how long has... Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the anime flipped the order of these two episodes, but either way, the image of the printers is them back Tabak is really funny. Uh huh. Yeah, Tokyo Tokiomi's like stupid gem printer is like really funny <laughs> to me. Uh, I would also like to say it's really boring. Sorry, I should have said this earlier. It's really boring that we get another Zoken, as if the only way that like legacy can happen is two hundred year old men, <laughs> and not like uh hey families like hand down traditions Mm -hmm. and like it you don't have to be alive for 200 years to like strongly believe in something Uh uh-huh they should have gone all the way with the tosaka family and just not had any electricity in their house Mm -hmm. that's what i think (laughs) i think rin should have like done everything by candlelight and gotten mad when she saw that shiro had lights (laughs) i think this would be a charm for rin just shitty glowing gems Kotamine has already summoned his servant, Hassani Saba. Uh, I don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but hopefully I'm like in the ballpark. Assassin. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the movie, it's pretty clearly not the same Hassan as uh, was summoned. His in... cursed arm. Yeah. Yeah, his cursed arm, Hassan. But they've got the white skull mask and the cloak and all that stuff. Uh, I do feel like. Uh, and uh, Tokiomi hasn't summoned a servant yet, but like, damn, what a strategic position to be in to have assassin and then also a combat servant. Yeah. Like on your side, yep. right? Seems real strong. <laughs> uh, Rise, Kotamine's dad, big Kotamine, has like a magic guide that tells him when people have summoned their servants uh, and which servants have been summoned. This is apparently just a church thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So presumably Kotamine also had it in. Yeah. Because yeah, he did ha- like call Rin and be like, hey, Rin. Yeah. A lot of servants slots are getting taken up. You're going to have to go for it. I just can't help but picture a Ouija board, though. Yeah, it does <laughs> just feel like a Ouija board. Imagine him standing over it and it's slowly spelling out Saber. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kotamine's plan is to use Assassin exactly how he uses Ku uh, in the uh fifth holy grail war is to like 
feel out the different servants and then Tokiomi's servant will do the killing because mm-hmm. he's only a supporter. Although he's got this one trick. Him and Tokiomi have like publicly had a falling out. So everyone so that everyone's going to think that they're not working together, even though like, come on, come on, come on. You can tell that they're working together, right? Like. They're both Christians, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, yes, Ben. This is the, the thing, though, is that they are trying very hard to make sure that everyone thinks that they're not working together. I would be so... so like, you don't lose anything by by being go- extra guarded about the two of them having something cooked up, is, what, I guess, yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah. And so it's funny to, like, for them to, like, for people to actually discard the idea that the two guys who are working together are working together. Does someone do that? I don't know. But, like, the idea that someone would is very silly to me. The I guess the closest we have is when uh, Kiritsugu's talking through everything. He just says, and they had a falling out a couple of months ago. Mm. So uh, it didn't sound like he dismissed it because, you know, super action cool guy. But he's it's, too like, kind of implied. Because he's so, he's so sad. Uh, Tokiomi go, like, talks about also is getting a report on all of the other known masters and is like this kiritsugu guy what a shithead he's done like terrorist bombings and shit and all sorts of evil things and he's just in it for the money and kotamine like is like no this man isn't just in it for the money he has something he believes in based on like a paragraph on a dossier you know what i mean this is this is basically the characters turning to the camera and being like uh, this is a book about me and this other man. Yes. Uh-huh. The anime treats it so funny, though. Like, it, it's like an 80s movie, a kid finding his dad's center, Playboy centerfold. Like, just like, <laughs> oh my god, let me, can I, can I steal this for a little bit? Yeah, I, I, I need this back to my room. Also, real quick note on Kotamine here is that, uh, and this comes back to the thing that we kind of opened this section with, is that, like, I love Kotamine and Stay Night. I think his whole deal is pretty well explored mm-hmm. in Stay Night. Yeah. I don't need four books of... Of uh, how he got set up for... Like, one part of that deal. Uh, the scene of him uh, beefing with a child is really funny, because it's that's classic really Kotamine to me, is him being an asshole to Rin for no reason. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> cannot stop Man. fighting children. <laughs> Rin is so great in that, though. Just instantaneously, like, ugh, you're here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So Rin and Aoi are being sent away, basically down the block, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't even get, get them, like, a ticket to another city uh, to, like, uh, be out of the way while the war stuff is happening. They're just going to the Arimas. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, Kotamina is like, well, I don't really have any goals for this Holy Grail War, so I guess I'm going to find Kiritsugu and be like, uh, hey, bud, well, why are you doing all this? I think that's that for that. Act 1-4. We're back to Kadia. Kadia is dying. Uh, pretty gross, like, worms under skin animation in the uh, anime for this bit. Yeah. Pretty gross. He's all fucked up. He can barely move his left side. He's lost sight in one of his eyes. And uh, he's Zokin's like, bud, you got like one month left. And he's like, I only need two weeks to win this Grail War. And it's like, but you are so dead. 
No one in the world has ever been more dead than you, and not just because you literally don't exist in the work that comes after this, when your name was never spoken. Yes, that also, it's it's such a wild thing to be like, well, uh, yes, masters also need to fight in the Grail War. It'll be fine if you're at, like, 20% (laughs) for the entire thing, if you can barely move and, like... Blind and using any eye. magic sure. makes you closer to death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He bumps into Sakura. Uh, Sakura's already Sakura. She's dead inside. You know. There's. Is it his monologue about like, oh, children are too like innocent that they can't uh-huh. like uh, something like that. Yeah. He also is like, I don't want to give her false hope, but hey, Sakura, would you like to go live with me and your mom and your sister somewhere far away? And it's like. How is that not giving her false hope? Uh, Act 1-5. Not much else there. Uh, Everyone's doing the summoning ritual in sequence. Uh, This is pretty cool. Irie needs the summoning ritual explained to her for some reason. Well, she's a woman, Fen. Yeah. I think that's pretty, like, self-evident, isn't it? It's kind of funny that, like, there Kirisugu makes a point of just being like, well, all, all of the materials for the ritual don't really matter, but then he just performs the exact same ritual. Yeah. Well, I guess everyone else is doing a live sacrifice, or uh, Tokiomi is like spending like th- tens of thousands of jo- dollars worth of gems to do his, and uh, Kiritsugu's like, I could just use some like mercury or whatever that I got from the corner store. It's not a big deal. Like, yeah, you got to do the thing, but you don't know. You don't got to be doing human sacrifice over here for this. Uh, the summoning scene is way better in the anime. Yeah, it's cool in the anime. It, like right? the bounce around. You, yeah, yeah. You can get the spectacle of yeah. it. I think least. it works pretty well in the book, you know. But uh, the anime does it. It's the the thing it with the works book. Well animated. It, or the thing with the anime is that it can let the visuals do the talking while it bounces around between people saying the summoning chant, yeah. and the book has to like line of chant, paragraph or two of description. Yeah, line of chant, paragraph of description. Mm-hmm uh apparently and the doing the magic just plays to ufo table strength with yes like they are an effects heavy studio this is nothing but effects um apparently you can put in a special request to get a berserker or an assassin uh that's fun (laughs) it's like they're both the the classes that kind of suck the most to have right uh Uh, assassins just like you're probably not gonna win (laughs) (laughs) and berserkers like you might die just having it (laughs) It was kind of funny, Zokin being like, yeah, cool, you memorized this thing that like I told you to memorize and you memorized it? Cool. You need to do more than that, though. Yeah, add this, like, we're going to spice things up a bit. You're going to summon Berserker because you're such a fucking wuss that you need a Berserker to actually do any damage. We need to add the madness enhancement for your stats to be even remotely decent. Mm-hmm. Act 2-1. Waver comes in his pants. <laughs> Almost. Sorry about almost. Sorry, waited there for a moment. (laughs) Um, yes, this this is that's a very very funny like way of talking about how excited Waver is. Uh, but like this whole scene is Waver is like, he's like, who's this big man? You know, and he's also mad about it, but also he's horny. Uh, it's so funny like I'd heard I'd heard people say like Waver's so gay for Ryder which like just watching the anime like 
Okay, I can see it. Yeah, totally. But reading this, like, I straight up ended up taking the highlighter and just going, gay, gay, holy shit, this is so gay. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, this is the thing about Waver, is uh, the entire audience is pointing and saying, I want that twink obliterated. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> Waver summons Ryder and is like, I want to be obliterated so bad! Yeah. <laughs> so... Waver is also, uh, because he works out at the library, he's mad that uh, Ryder is, like, buff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then Ryder also wants to go to the library, so doubly bad. Uh, this guy... He's thick and he's smart? Who he is. What? He thick and he's smart? Yeah. Smart's maybe debatable, but... You know, yeah. He knows what a map is. First impressions. <laughs> this is Ishkandar, or Alexander the Great, the king of conquerors. All the kings have, uh... uh discriminators after their name mm-hmm. like uh uh saber was the king of knights uh what was gil's gil called yeah gil's he called the, the king of heroes i don't king of heroes yeah that's his thing. was he okay i couldn't remember if he said that in stay night or not mm-hmm. i think so oh well it doesn't it will you'll be get it before here. too long uh he is rider is got he's got red hair he's like over six feet uh the show he looks like he's fucking eight feet tall or something like that which is great (laughs) dude looks like he's like 500 pounds and could wrestle an elephant (laughs) yeah and win (laughs) yes that that, that is the the unsaid part of what i said uh he's got a fancy red cape this was the the catalyst was like a piece of this cape Mm -hmm. or something like that it it's so funny that like Yes, the part of him that uh that uh like survived is a piece of cloth. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Um you might want a marker, I don't know. So they they say what that is at some point. Um so like I guess should I just say it, I guess? Uh yeah. It's the shroud of Alexander, so to uh, me that implies it's the death shroud. Mm. Uh, you know, so it's the fabric covering it looks exactly his exactly like corpse. the cape that he's wearing. Yeah. Uh, so in the show, so I was just kind of assumed it was part of his cape. That does make more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he spirit forms into the library, much like Ku can ghost through <laughs> windows. <laughs> I wasn't. I was not under the impression that spirit form meant that they could go through walls based on just stay night. Uh, I got that they were kind of incorporeal because they never like use that. Yeah, it wasn't effect. used as a tool you know so much. Uh, but yes, Ishkandar, uh, Ryder. Should we call them by their names or by their classes for this? Uh, I guess we have to do classes. It might be hiding their name. Yeah, it might be safer to stick with classes. I was gonna say when you say Ryder, I think Medusa. That's part of the problem, right? We spent a lot of time talking about Ryder, who is Medusa. Anyway, he goes, he sneaks, he goes into the library in spirit form and he busts the door down on his way out because, uh, those who walk, run away under the cover of night are burglars. Walking away victoriously is what the King of Conquerors does after looting. (laughs) Uh, very funny guy. This is the liveliest bit of the entire, uh, is him and waivers like back and forth. Yeah. They've got more life in them than the entire rest of it because they're new characters. Uh Uh-huh. Right. They're, well, yes, they're not the only new characters. They're new characters who aren't connected to anything else that's been written before. In, you know what I mean? Like, like Karia is Mato. We know what Mato means. 
Uh, like as much I, as I mean, um, Kiritsugu the... and Kotomine are like the protagonists, Waver and Iskandar, Iskandar kind of feel like the protagonists, yeah. Yeah. if that makes sense. Are you talking about someone They have that energy. Uh, we have Archibald. Archibald is mentioned. He's not really a character yet. Um, and we have the serial killer. And the serial killer we haven't met yet in this. Yeah. So that's what I mean. I just, like, mean this is... I just mean neither of those are particularly lively either. <laughs> I guess it's yeah. fair. Um, uh, we but, like, more you have more room to work with them. I guess Archibald is also tied to Waver. You know what I mean? That's his connection to the world. And uh, the serial killer is just some of the worst, like, like least interesting stuff <laughs> in the entire thing. Uh, so, yes, I'm not I'm not saying that Waver isn't lively. I am merely saying that, like, I think it, I don't know that you can blame uh, the other characters being tied to existing stuff on them not being lively when no one in this game aside from waver and rider is lively if if waver was shiro's cousin he wouldn't he would be dragged down by the weight of that <laughs> i guess is what i'm getting at is like he and has just, the opportunity there's more opportunity to have something else going yeah. on because there it is a blank space being filled i don't know why you have to argue with me about things like this because you guys have been too on the same page on being down on zero <laughs> <laughs> and you need to make content <laughs> <laughs> okay okay uh there's a cute scene where writer's like so where is the where did i conquer and uh waver's like this tiny area here and he's like ha so cool <laughs> oh man the earth's a whole big ball this is great i'm i like love being alive uh-huh uh i do appreciate that waver's like writer asks waver what his wish is and waver's like i mean like or Ryder says, okay, I'm going to conquer the world. Waver's like, my wish isn't something that, like, small-minded. Uh, and Ryder's like, okay, so what is your wish? And Waver's like, for people to stop bullying me at school. <laughs> <laughs> small, that's puny, ridiculous. Is that all the ambition you would risk your life in battle for? And you're my master? That's really sad. <laughs> and then says, use the grail to grow 30 centimeters. <laughs> There's the best part on that in the anime, too, is, like, he literally picks Waver up, like, yeah, grow 30 centimeters, and then sets him down, and then the camera pulls away away to show he set him on top of, like, a a little, like, oh, a, sh a short wall, uh -huh. and he's still not taller than Ryder. It's really funny. Um, the, the, the book makes it sound like he's being very jovial about this. The anime makes him look a lot, like, mad at Waver more than, mm -hmm. than that. He, like, hits Waver pretty hard um but yeah then waver's like waver considers using a command spell on him and it's like no 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 no, no. i'm not ren <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> uh and then he's like so you think you're so cool huh wait rider well what are you gonna do what what's your power and rider summons a uh chariot that uh the description is like wow it's like a bomber jet that could destroy this entire city in, in just a couple of weeks or something like that hours, hours like, if sorry, left alone hours. for like an hour he could destroy half the city i know it's so funny to yeah. uh, compare it to a bomber jet it's like a couple ox <laughs> The the anime does not uh, get across uh, the same thing, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it is very much, I summoned a cart being pulled by ox. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like we'll the book there. really goes in on like tearing a hole that makes a portal that the oxes come out of, or the oxen come out of. And the anime is just like, oh cool, are there some oxes here now? Yeah. 
Also, I'm just chuckling at this. Waver is sexually frustrated, but admits Spider's got some real power. Oh, the two books were uh, uh, Map of the World and um, what else was it? Homer Collection of Homer's poems. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. What, what, what? Remember that uh, uh, Holodraxia has some really good scenes? What if we took one of those and just like, that was like pretty good in context and then made it like five pages long? Wouldn't that be good? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're doing the walnut thing. Uh-huh. You need to go in Ilya. Uh, in the anime, much like Baby Rin is cute, Baby Ilya is cute. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I know. It's cute to see him carry her around on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, it is very much a retread of the hollow ataraxia scene. It's, and the except thing... for, like, without a layer of, uh like, interest. I know that the holoraxia thing is literally a, like setup slash reference to this mm-hmm. uh but the thing that works for me there is that it is Ilya years later oh this is an important memory i have mm-hmm. and this just reads as like look at how normal these two are together and it's like well i don't yeah i don't know that Ilya would necessarily remember it years later if it was a normal thing that these two did together mm-hmm. as opposed to <laughs> little Oh, right. Like, occasionally we got great moments like this. Yeah. Yeah. You literally pull out and see Saber say, wow, it's so normal. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, this is at the point where I'm like, I'm getting to the point here where, I, where I'm like, man, if they did like a Tsukihime prequel about how like Makihisa was depressed in college, I would not <laughs> want to read that either mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's a the closer comparison is uh like someone i said this during the group chat and someone's like well it's more like Ki- nani akiri uh, shiki's dad and i'm like you know what i fucking hated that short story too but it was a short story uh-huh um but yeah. i just it's like the thing that is missing from the scene now is this like melancholy years later recollection of a, a shared loss mm-hmm. and now it's just a dad yes <laughs> you know it's like not very interesting but anyway saber's grumpy uh kiritsuku's not talking to her and eerie is doing this like uh like backfilling information between the two of them like carrier pigeon stuff Mm -hmm. well maybe he's mad that uh people have mistreated you all your life and made you force you to be a king well, no, I chose that. Well, that's probably it then. He's even madder because you chose it. And it's like, how would he fucking know? He didn't talk to her. This this is also, <laughs> this is literally uh, Shiro and Saber in the, the um, in Fate Route. Yes. And I, I, like, on one hand, that's the point. That's what yeah. we were told. And on the other hand, it's not really interesting to read about. Yes. I know this and already. It is also... This- it is also very funny. Sorry, Blue. I'll let you No, you're fine. Uh, also very funny that, like, Saber and Kuritsugu are very similar. They're both very utilitarian. They both want to save the most people. Uh, so Urobochi needs to write down explicitly, they might seem a lot like each other, but they're actually nothing alike. Yeah. Yeah, and this is, like, where the whole prequel problem is probably, like, the most apparent, too, is because, like, this is literally them just talking more at each other than really to each other talking about a scene that we didn't get to see Mm -hmm. filling in parts of like 
making adding clarity to a scene that we didn't see so it's just Mm -hmm. it just feels uncomfortable it's like it's too many steps removed from actual characters interacting so we are told that uh the deal is that kiritsugu is going to have eerie pretend uh irie pretend to be uh saber's master as the einsburn master even though like everyone already knows it's not very like this is another like everyone already got a report being like wow kiritsugu is the <laughs> is the einsburn master so i don't really know who he's planning on fooling and then he's going to do assassin shit in the background cuz he's a, he's the mage killer you know what i mean so Saber's going to make a big mess and then he's <laughs> going to kill people. Kurisugu's pairing them up because there's your potential here. <laughs> but yeah, like, you can't have Kiritsugu and Saber, like, hang out together. They just, they can't talk, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to invent a character like like Airi who will, like, stand between them and be Saber's, like, foil. Yes. You know, I get it. Yeah. And then, yeah, also very funny, Saber being like, Irie, I'll make sure that you come home alive to your beautiful child. And Irie, who knows she's going to die, is like, yeah, that's nice. Uh-huh. I guess they didn't tell Saber that part. Uh, they did tell Ilya that part, though, because there's a bit where Ilya's like, don't worry, I won't be sad when mommy's dead. Uh-huh. <laughs> is oh. that the extended scene also? I know there's something in the Blu-ray was longer. I don't remember enough. I don't. The first time okay. I watched this to know what they added, but uh, it is very funny that uh, one, um, Kuritsugu's like, yeah, I'll hurry home. Uh, yeah, he swears, he swears he's gonna come home as soon as possible. Uh, and also that, that Ilya's like, yeah, mom told me that she's gonna be gone for a long time, uh-huh. like, never coming back, but... Act two dash three. Oh, one one more thing here. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh Urobochi could have either said Ilya is growing slower or she's never gonna reach puberty. <laughs> uh but he says both. <laughs> yes. And specifically states will never uh never gain secondary sexual characteristics or something like yes, that. Yeah, Just yeah, like... yeah. And my daughter's gonna be flat as a board her whole life this is so depressing <laughs> no titties or hips oh the poor girl uh, my son who i'm gonna adopt is gonna be so sad about this <laughs> i'm gonna adopt a son who has hips <laughs> <laughs> um okay can you make a wife out of that boy <laughs> Act 2-3. Speaking of characters whose internality I don't care about, we have a mean serial Holy killer shit. guy. Holy shit, this character sucks so much more he's when you like, can get in his head. Yeah, he's like a campy, like, horror movies aren't sexy and cool enough. Not like real murder kind of guy. Uh, Maybe if movies were edgier, I wouldn't be killing people. He, he reads as an Otome game. Uh, he's the like, guy where there's a bad end where he like keeps you in his like uh basement or whatever yeah <laughs> you know what i mean uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah his his bit is that he's like cool sexy leopard themed guy who women love and he loves to kill women and also children you know uh-huh uh it, 
It's also so funny just scrolling back up a few pages and then scrolling down his he's got so much more like dense like the pages are so much denser for him to say just nothing yeah yeah he's like he's like a like a tsukihime vampire with less going on you know what i mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) like oh he's got leopard print on all his clothes He's got a ring with a real fang on it because he's like a leopard. His necklace. His necklace. He has a he has a like, leopard uh, cat's eye gem or whatever in his ring. Anyway, also he's from a uh, a defunct mage family, and he and he happened to go back to their house to like visit his dead sister who he murdered, uh, and like found a grimoire, and now he's been like play acting, summoning rituals that they had for some reason, and so he accidentally summons uh, a servant. Mm-hmm. Uh. This is very silly to me. There is a very funny line in here where uh, because Urobochi is, is, wants uh, uh, Saber and Karitsugu to be different, mm-hmm. he says, if you don't have a catalyst, then the servant that you summon will be like you. Yeah. Uh, which I'm... 99% sure what Stay Night says is the servant you summon is yeah, they is like might, aligned with you. Well, I guess and they, they also really they're... emphasized that having Avalon will override any familiarity or any similarities too. Like it's guaranteed it'll have to be this one. Even though the whole bit is that Saber is like Shiro who is like Kiritsugu. Um, but yeah, I, they might mm-hmm. even say like, oh yeah, uh, it's uh, like you're more you're going to summon someone just based on your personality if you don't have a catalyst but like every single servant is like their master anyway basically uh-huh um and yeah here i don't i don't think they needed to have him do a magic ritual you know what i mean or like to be a mage family or this could have just been total because like the bit is like oh the grail will just fill in the gaps with like whoever it feels like is the is most necessary but like he's literally doing the exact same ritual yeah like what happens if there's not a serial killer happened to be doing this ritual presumably it just dumps it onto someone with magic circuits anyway right presumably so why not do that that's more fun uh-huh. <laughs> anyway well, well then because then you wouldn't get uh bluebeard's whole treatise on like what fear is and i uh, know th- like i don't care about that i mean like the, the him doing the ritual like it being this guy isn't what I'm complaining about. Yeah, just I, why I just not? Mean, like, yeah, like the the whole setup is he captured one person so that, uh, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Well, I mean, he could be doing this kill family killing, right? And that could be the catalyst. Yeah, for, it's for more like the whole grimoire thing like and the whole contrived extra stuff. Yeah, yeah, I need a reason for a child to be bound up so that, uh, yeah, yeah. he summons Caster. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is described as a pretty normal looking but maybe a little off guy wearing an evil wizard costume uh, he looks ridiculous in the anime in no world would you call his anime design normal yeah he, he's got like frog eyes bugging out of his head uh, uh-huh. yeah um, cast- he kind of looks like Roa in the newer uh, type, uh, type Lumina also like the, just the eyes just are very Roma edgy, Roa adjacent. I guess I haven't really looked at Roa very closely. Mm-hmm. There oh. was at least one or two Roas in the <laughs> Evo top eight. Uh. So I stared at him a little bit. So. He uh, yeah. Uh, Udiu, that's his name. Udiu. Uh, 
Ryunosuke, yeah. Uryu uh, is like, hi, buddy, you really are a demon. That's very cool. I brought you this kid to eat. Uh, I like to kill women and children. I, I think it's really cool that you're here, sir. And then Caster lets the kid go and then uses magic to murder him, like, right when he's about to get away. And then it's like, this is what's real sexy about murder. And the guy's like, whoa, you're so cool. We're going to be buddies. Speaking of people who almost come in their pants uh, <laughs> when they see their servants for the first time. He identifies himself as Bluebeard, which is a French legend of a guy who uh, loves to kill his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, wives. He killed a sequence of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I guess it, uh, so I said that he loves to kill his wife, as yeah. in he does it a few times. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I guess that's fair. He ne- he never had he never had multiple wives at the same time. I suppose that's fair. No, I was I, that I was correcting myself. Yeah. I was not. Yeah. Uh, now we're at the end. Assassin is here, or Kuritsuko is here, rather. Not Kuritsuko. Kuritsuko. Kotomine. Okay. Kire is here. Kotomine is sending Assassin to sneak into the Tosaka mansion to kill Tokiomi. Yeah. Assassin's like, ha ha ha. That's pretty funny. Ha! We're gonna kill him already? Damn, you're so devious. Assassin is infiltrating... Okay, this is also a very funny scene. Assassin is secretly infiltrating Tokiomi's mansion through a, like, impossible set of security, like, pr- uh, mm-hmm. protocols, while also being fully visible to a bunch of people spying on it. Uh, well, this is the thing. It, this, this scene makes no sense in the anime. Uh, <laughs> because... Yeah, why would why, why would, would assassin, assassin have moves like that? <laughs> why would he be able to groove? <laughs> like, it's so because fu- the book is just like, hey, yeah, he, there's a couple barriers. It's no big deal or anything. And then the anime is doing the longest like laser grid dance well, ever. Yes, that and like, yeah, he's materialized the entire time. Yeah, because it would look it would look doubly funny mm-hmm. to just have cuts and like have all of these like uh magical barriers moving around with like no one moving through them because he's invisible uh, i want to see that edit honestly yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the zero assassin edit um, <laughs> um you could just make him like translucent or something and yeah like, people understand what that means but like yeah the the very idea of it like that anyone would fall for this trick is really funny yes you know so especially assassin the guy himself falling for it is really funny because mm-hmm. he's like, whoa, everyone's watching me do this except for the one guy who most should be want- like catching me doing this because it's literally his house, but it's all okay and everything's going to be fine. And then he gets killed by Gil. Yep. Tokiomi summoned Gil. <laughs> That's not good for anyone involved, but it had to happen to someone. Uh, the summoning sequence with... Or for real before the relic they pull out for him was just an old snake. The this first or the snakeskin shed by the first snake. Mm-hmm. I haven't read the I haven't finished the epic of Gilgamesh, so maybe there's a really old snake involved there. That that feels like one of those. Uh, I have something vaguely something very old, and Gilgamesh is a lot like me, so we got Gilgamesh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He is very like, but he's like we're, so we're, we're certain gonna be a guaranteed winner with this. But I guess that's him being like, the oldest has got to be the strongest, right? I'm definitely gonna have the oldest servant, and he's not approach wrong the about age that, of gods. 
uh, assassin as he's dying is like, oh, I get it. I was supposed to die here. That's a bummer. And then he dies. So it ends with future listener. Uh, we had to cut a bit because we went a little too far into stuff that was covered in the uh, uh, book, but not the anime. Uh, it ends with assassin getting murdered and being like, whoa, that sucks. Damn, that sucks Damn, for assassin. That does suck for assassin. It's really too bad for him. It does seem weird to like, uh, especially for a show that I feel like is only going to fool one or two people. It does feel weird to throw away one of your two cards immediately, but you know. Yeah. So, gotta skip all those. Did I take any uh, specific notes from the anime? Not really. We talked about it as we went. Yeah, the funniest, the, it's, the first episode is 42 minutes and it sucks. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's mostly just people talking uh, and not in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Let's recap what a Holy Grail fun. War is. Yeah. This is this is the thing is that uh, yeah, there's so much that is like I have watched or I read Stay Night and then this book is like okay, so just in case you need a refresher mm-hmm. We're going to go over, like, the first two days of Stay Night. The book has... The translation of the book has some, like, really funny translator notes that link to an outside wiki uh, to, like, explain what the Akashic Record and stuff is, which doesn't get... Or does kind of get explained in the book, but I don't really know why you felt the need to, like, do an external wiki for words that are made up. (laughs) But it's not made up. What do you mean? Like, uh, it's an actual rather, yes. thing for, like, yes. in, like, a religion and a culture. Okay, yeah. but, like, these are, like, magic concepts but, yeah. in this world that are being used in this world in a particular way. You know what I mean? I think the translator notes are kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, and, like, personally, all of those things, it's usually more interesting to go see what the actual thing is and then come back yeah. more than what's the history inside of this one yeah. universe. Um, yeah, so... I'm probably pretty down on Fate Zero right now. I'm sure it's going to like have its ups and downs, you know, but I'm not really like re- revisiting it with the context of the rest of Fate up to this point pretty much has not made it look better by comparison. I would put Fate mm. Zero above a lot of Fate Go. Yeah, sure. Yeah, totally. That's because some of Fate Go is like, in a crater beneath the earth, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do we? We don't have anything else to say about zero, right? Um, I guess the one other thing that I was gonna say yeah. was um that right now, especially just only having seen two episodes, and one of them is a forty-five minute reminder of what everything else was. Like that forty-five minutes feels more like an intro to new watchers and readers rather than like trying to remind people of what the previous works were Mm -hmm. if that makes sense it feels weirdly at odd with it being pitched to me as like a fun thing for fans yeah yeah like it's it's i mean it is like let's see so it starts in december 2006 which is a full 
three years after the game. So yeah, okay. So you, fans you might need fans. Okay, you might need a refresher that. on like, oh right, here's what all the details. Not everyone's doing are. a podcast about it, you know. And and yeah. played the game earlier this year or whatever. No, wait, when did we? Wait a sec, when did we play Stay Night? About three years ago. That was like a year ago or something. Almost. Bankay and Holoraxian. Yeah. Yep. I, um, yeah, I'm not having a great time, I would yeah. say. So like I said, it's going to have ups and downs. I'm sure there's going to be stuff that works for me. I, I I remember liking Waver and Ryder a lot as like characters, so mm-hmm. I'm like generally looking forward to their scenes. Uh... Most of the other characters aren't moving the needle for me. Like, Kotamine is like, what if Kotamine had less charisma? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Kiritsugu is like, what if Shiro had less charisma? Oh. Yep. Cardia <laughs> is like, uh, do you want to hear an incel talk for about how women won't fuck him? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, and uh, the serial killer pair, like, I don't care. I don't care about that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Waver and Rider for me also, and like there's a couple specific beats, and I guess maybe another character that yeah. I'm curious about yeah. in revisiting, but that's Yeah. It's like maybe something interesting will happen with Irie. Probably not though. Uh Saber? I know nothing interesting is gonna happen with Saber because I know how this ends. Because I read Fate you Stay do Night. too, listener. Yeah, I was yeah. About to say, yeah. Like, like, it's not spoilers to say that uh, Saber Saber will change exactly zero percent and uh-huh. will uh, just be mad that no one ever told her anything that was going on, and then it ended. Yep. So yeah, it's like is is Aoi gonna get a big hero moment? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we don't know, Ben. Uh, Kotamina has to get Archer somehow. What? God, that, that threw me for a second. I was like, what What are you implying, Ben? Women can't, like, <laughs> do things on their own. Oh, the Archer threw me for a second. I, I made the same mistake that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. All right, all right. So that's that's the beginning of Fate Stay Night. We're our Fate Fate Zero. <laughs> I, you know, I was da- so down on Fate Stay Night at t- points of Fate Stay Night, but now I'm like, I would rather read Fate Stay Night again than this. Uh I would. I wouldn't want a podcast about Fate Stay Night again because no. I don't know what we could say or. There it's are too soon to revisit. There are some episodes that I would like. Like, if we re-recorded, I would be happy to like have a different conversation with uh having written more notes and like more able to defend my position and also me being a little more a little less uh aggro about it yes um but yeah i would i would rather be reading or like basically i had to tear myself away (laughs) from the tsukihime remake to read this and i was like Man, I could be watching Arcarid get fucking murdered right now. I'm <laughs> so excited to read Seabed. Uh, yeah, I heard that's good. Yeah, tell me heard great things. I'm not sure if I would rather go back to Stay Night yet. I would definitely much rather read Hollow Ataraxia or Suki Remake. But mm-hmm. man, I I was really turned off on Shiro for Fate and Unlimited Blade Works route. Yeah, like that's it, fair. It was ah. Uh, 
really bad for me. <laughs> I like Shiro more than Kiritsugu right now. To me, like Kiritsugu is like nothing, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to Shiro being like aggressively, like unnecessarily gross in the early portions of Stay Night. I don't even want to say early portions. It's like two thirds of the game. Yeah, but like I would rather be reading about Shiro than Kiritsugu. I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, I, I think that's not going to change. Yeah, so I would rather be reading about Shiki than Kitty. Uh, Nanaya. You know? Yeah. Alright, that's enough of that. We are part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. Go listen to Abnormal Mapping. Go listen to other podcasts on the network. Um, Go back to them on Patreon. Yeah. They, they just covered a- Muv Love, if yeah. you're interested in other uh, visual novel pod. stuff. Olivia. Olivia. Covered Muv Love. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah. Listen to Novel Not New. They're not part of the Abnormal Mapping Network anymore, but they're still very good. You've been on there. I've been on there. Mm-hmm. I've been on there a few times. Yeah. What? No. One. That's just once? Was yeah. it a different podcast that's yeah. also Scanline that you uh, were on or something Oops, like all that? anime. We've ah, yeah. A couple okay. times. You've been on other Scanline stuff. Yes. Uh... Fen, where can people find you on the internet? the crying rules discord server <laughs> i don't really like <laughs> post anywhere else mm-hmm. people people mourning the death of twitter and i'm like i totally sympathize with you i'm mourning the death of twitter i don't mm-hmm. i'm trying to market a visual novel right now i know this is the thing is like yeah i just don't i'm not as social as most people i'm happy with like three friends <laughs> not being social is part of the reason that i'm having a hard time selling a visual novel um recently gone on to blue sky <laughs> yeah yeah where can people find you blute apparently blute sky or blute sky yep <laughs> the blood sky much more interesting than blue sky i guess blue sky uh blute vinen uh not really posting anything but <laughs> i'm there now and then other than that uh, occasionally speaking, but mostly lurking in the Crying Rules server or the Abnormal Mapping server. Yep. Yep. I'm still on Twitter and will be until the lights turn off. Although, uh, the thing about them taking out the block button definitely had me like, you know, that might be, that might be it for me, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I'm on Twitter at Ben Ends. I tweet about my visual novel at Doom Gender. If you want to back me on, uh, Patreon, I think I'm at Doom Gender on Patreon, aren't I? I think so. I think I'm on Doom Gender on Patreon. If you don't find me under there, I got a big, like, golden eye as my logo, then it's under Ben Ends, but I think it's Doom Gender. Uh, cause I have this visual novel. I swear, I'm just waiting on some someone to get back to me about some music. And once the music's done, part one's done. I'm already writing part two. I invented two whole new characters to make miserable for part two. And I'm just yeah. about it. Hell yeah. Personally. Heck yeah. And it is Doom Gender. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh... Next time? Oh, next time. We're finishing the first volume of uh where is discord fate zero we're finishing the first volume of fate zero and i'm gonna look up right now on air which episodes that is yeah so we're gonna cover acts three and four of the book 
and uh episodes three through five of three through five the anime it's not too bad okay uh we are also covering the remainder of the um rascal anime and and movie rascal does not dream of dreaming dreaming girl okay yeah that's the name of the movie which is rascal does not dream of dreaming girl yeah, certainly sets up a little bit, at least, of what our deal is. <laughs> um, we are also covering, for our uh, VN segment, we are covering uh, A Winter's Tale. Which, if you're curious, if you want to, um, if you're like, oh, A Winter's Tale, what's that about? Uh, Let's see. Um, you gonna give me give the pitch? Yeah, it's interesting. I went into the other two completely blind, just knowing the title. Okay, well, let's let's go in completely blind. How, how long is this one? Uh looking that up. Yeah, tell me just how long it is. Wait, did I say Winter Tale? Uh, give me one sec. I'm just being a dumbass. Oh, yeah, I was being a dumbass. Ben's gonna um, play the whole game right now and then turn to camera and be like, this is how long it is. 21 minutes. Shit. <laughs> That's All right, hell yeah. How long has this episode gone on? Um, Three and a half hours? We got plenty of time. Let's fit it in. Come on. <laughs> play it live. Um, okay, let's see. Yep. Hey, if you guessed, it's another het romance. <laughs> okay. Well, I could have guessed that, yeah. Uh, All right, don't tell me anything. You else. may or may not be correct. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blue, you're coming back? Or is someone else? Yeah. Else? Okay. Yeah. Yes. I was going to say, it would be weird to talk about the end of Bunny Girl and someone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally the part that I want to talk about, too. <laughs> I do hope I like the the last. I've gotten out my like uh my uh dissatisfaction with it. Now I'm hoping that I can watch the second the like last bit of it. Or yeah, my 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 guess is at least you'll understand what I like about it rather than yeah yeah like that's the goal. You can at least see where it is. So Uh, okay, um, I'm in I'm in my mid-watchable anime phase. So. Well, that's about to end because we're going to go watch the, the latest episode of My Go Pen. And... That's a banger. <laughs> yeah, that's I, a banger. I have I, I have seen uh, such incredible praise for episode 10 of My Go that I'm like... Oh. I'm so sad that it's episode 10 because it means that we've watched most of it and there's not very much left. Uh-huh. They could do they could do another season of that and it would be it would go down real smooth. I am I hoping I am hoping against hope for an Ave Mujica uh-huh, uh-huh. season getting announced at some point. Yeah, yeah. What if the last three episodes are just like three an OVA for for the other band <laughs> the other band that sets up a future season? Yeah, go watch uh, my go. Go watch my go. <laughs> like surprise anime of the season is my go. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, I can't believe that Onimaya was this year. Yeah, how? I'm actually not really watching anything this season, so maybe I'll pick that up. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't. My go, it doesn't look very good. It is directed well. 
Yeah. Uh, but I don't like the 3D models. Yeah, it's being hampered mm. by it's like 3D work, but like it, it's not like um yes, it has direction. It has re- like really interesting direction at times, and uh, and good 2D for important scenes. Yes, and the vibes. Vibe. The vibes will carry it. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. I'm so glad that I'm in a Discord where people wouldn't stop talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad. I hope it's not a Kimono Friends kind of situation where they get a season two, but the monkey paw curls and it's not good. If they let the the writer... I think this is what happened with Kimono Friends season two, wasn't it? <laughs> they didn't let that guy write it. Well, it's an entirely different studio and yeah. like, everything's different. Uh-huh. Um, if they let the writer write season two... She's written like all this is i guess the third bank dream season uh-huh. the first two were like actually related this what if they like but do a normal one this time bummer bummer Don't let her get so... weirder yeah let her have girls kiss she's like <laughs> i can't say that she's a lesbian i don't know that she's tweeted that mm-hmm. she's tweeted about like uh her dislike of uh quote unquote normal including parentheses including like het marriage mm-hmm. so shout outs she's great uh, she also tweeted What's about like oh gods let me find we're talking about her because it is yeah uh, she's a gift <laughs> she's a treasure also I've, I remembered that the rascal season was kind of a banger at least for me and holy shit yeah <laughs> what happened uh, that season that was fall of 2018 so let's see. You have Gridman. You have Bloom into you. Um, I enjoyed release the spice a lot. Kind of uh, totally spies, but a little more gay. Still okay. kind of cowards eerie, but I'm like looking at this like uh, Gridman's good. I like Gridman a lot. Uh, Irodoku or Irozuku is. I really like that one a lot. I'd recommend it. It's very. Man, I wish Tokyo a, Ghoul was yeah. good same yozuku is one that basically like a girl magic is normal in the world type of a thing and she uh casts a spell to go back in time and it and it's kind of like a circle of cyclical inspiration thing but it's about it's art and magic together and finding inspiration it's really pretty ayana yukino is the writer is the bang is the my go writer uh shout outs champion wait let me yeah ayana you ayana unico unico eh i can't speak we'll put her twitter at in the (laughs) okay that's an episode um even talking a little while okay one day let's meet in the digital sea
Yeah. If you want evidence of just how fake and how high up the returned office bullshit is happening, uh, my move had to be approved up through like a vice president or somewhere. And within a month, I was told, hey, we're going to be closing all those facilities by the end of the year and uh, everybody has to move states now. Uh, what? Yup. And they've like done weird walking back and everything on that, but it's been so inconsistent and a nightmare. That sounds, that sounds miserable. Yep. <laughs> There's a reason. My coworkers just moved to New Jersey, I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, despite the fact that no one else from our team, like, he wouldn't be working with anyone, but there is an mm. office somewhere in New Jersey. And so the company's trying to get him to go to the office. Despite the fact that, like, there's no one there for him to work with. Yep. So, my company won um, a little before they announced, like, hey, yeah, uh, people are going to have to move by the end of the year stuff. Um, the CEO did a interview with one of the business. I, I don't remember if it was Forbes or if it was... Uh, God, what's the one that Jason Schreier works for? Whatever, that other one. Um, <laughs> I forget which one it is, but he Bloomberg. basically was like, hmm? Bloomberg, yeah. Uh, he went on and was just like, yeah, so we are going to be doing this return to office thing. Uh, I know we're a nationwide company. Uh, they're, they're one of the big telecoms. <laughs> we know we're nationwide and everything, but, you know, we really want to focus down and get people working together. So we're uh, closing down to just four locations in the country. Mm. And everybody else is going to have to move. And uh, we know some people won't like it, but we're looking to get rid of 15,000 people this year. <laughs> wow. And so later on when they did the actual announcement to everybody, they're like, yeah, and also um, we're not going to be doing any moving assistance either. Because <laughs> we, we just will can you if you can play. Yep. And uh, God, what was the... Their, they're like, they're, we want to have at most 10% that we're going to designate as virtual workers, and it can only be up to 10%, and those people still need to go into the office once a month. Wow. Yep. Um, our, okay. I, have, I also have a moving uh, story, and then we can get started, I promise. <laughs> um, you got to convert those files. I did. Oh, good. I did that you well. I made the folder. Yep. Thank you. Thanks to uh, OneDrive has asked me three times for my Windows password, or it locks the browser. So I'm having fun <laughs> using OneDrive. I'm so sorry, Lowe's. <laughs> it's so funny just how much more trouble you have with it. Like I have trouble with it's, it too, but like you have like special amounts of trouble for it. Well, this is the thing: is that it's because I use it constantly for mm. every episode, and so I. It's like um. It's like how being in an elevator is more dangerous than a, a like a airplane or whatever or a car. Mm. It's like if you spend all your time in an elevator, <laughs> something terrible will happen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Microsoft Edge is like that elevator. <laughs> yeah. Uh right. So we were part of <laughs> which is a UK-based company. And they were like, hey, is anyone going to come into the office anymore? Like, we're mostly fine with people working remote. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And they sent around a survey. Almost everyone said, no, I'm not going to come into the office. So they downsized to a location that is like half a half an hour more in the middle of nowhere than their old one, than our old office. And uh, is tiny. They're like mm-hmm. 20 desks. We used to have we used to have like 150 people working mm-hmm. in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that's great and all. And then we got bought by Canadian company. And we got bought and they were like, so everyone's returning to the office. Hey, shitheads, guess what? <laughs> uh, yep. Everyone's returning to the office. No, there is no plan to uh, like uh, expand any offices that were small. Um, there's no plans to like address at all the fact that the office is really inconvenient for a bunch mm-hmm. of people. Um, and and at one point, our CEO said something about how like we're returning the office not because we expect anyone to be more productive. We have to like focus away from that. We want we want to focus on creativity. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so what you're saying is you know that no one is as productive in the office as they were when they just got to work from home. Uh huh. And you're fine with that. <laughs> Yeah, collaboration is what they keep saying for us. Well, here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. You gotta be create. You gotta be creative, like they said. Ben. The fact that everyone has to sit in another person's lap in order to work and <laughs> the Yuri potential is off the charts. Um, that yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm not miserable, <laughs> but it's not fun. No, it's yeah. I've yeah. Um. I guess one other thing to just show how disconnected it was are was it AVP, SVP, whatever, like senior vice president, I think, whatever. Pretty high up, uh, apparently had no idea what was going on. And the best excuse he could come up with uh, on a call with everybody was like, you know, you know, those crisis like things that we've had before where we've had to just bring everybody into the office and we just lock them all in for three days. I've never had anything more productive than that. So you're you're comparing you wanted like a song kind of situation? Yeah, you're comparing return to office as just like just this like traumatic crisis experience? Like this your goal? <laughs> Fucking Riyamu saw like art art. <laughs> like he's trying to recreate. No, this is this is not my work story. This is my this is Heather's work story, but uh uh they've been having like layoffs lately you know what i mean a couple of different rounds kind of oh, close together right sorry sorry to yeah. interrupt but that did r- remind you can no go ahead friend <laughs> you already no. interrupted you you made as well you already interrupted me you may as well finish it no you finish your thought no I, no no you've I knocked will... me on the ground and you're holding a sword over my head you might as well crack my skull open with it well at least i hope you think that i'm hot doing this <laughs> uh-huh. you're staring down a sword going damn she's so ring saver <laughs> yeah um, so what was the thing? No, you you talk. Oh I, will, I will write my <laughs> intro. So anyway, uh, they did another round of surprise layoffs, and like uh, a bunch of people just like disappeared, including one person during a meeting. Uh, her account just got terminated while she was talking to people. Like she got taken out by a sniper from the roof, like building across the way from her, <laughs> and they just like fired like a ton of people in 
who were important to the company, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Seemingly entirely at random. And then they had a meeting and said, yes, we fired people entirely at random. This wasn't, had nothing to do with merit. Uh, (laughs) And Heather was like, and then then they were like, okay, um, but you know, we're done for now. So everyone should feel good. Heather's like, well, what are you going to do about the morale hit of a bunch of people getting randomly fired? And they're like, morale hit. This is supposed to make people feel better. Yep. Uh, we thought that this would improve morale. Fucking, they they said that they were letting everybody have the opportunity to, you know, take the severance if you want to. We'll we'll have this deadline for it. They fucking missed the deadline for giving everybody the letter about it to the for the option of taking severance mm-hmm. and push that out a month. But in between those times, said, you know, we haven't had enough attrition and did a round of layoffs anyways. It's pretty funny. This place is, uh, it's pretty grim out there. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Like aliens. People in charge <laughs> of these places, you know? Seriously, just completely disconnected. From, like, the human experience or, like, life Ye- on Earth. Anything? <laughs> just their own separate realm? Okay. Uh, uh, right. Um... There's definitely some one when we got hot when we got bought. Um, I say we like I work for yeah 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 uh, yeah I work for a small part of the company that got bought. Um, w- well yeah one when we got bought before we got bought we were kind of in talks with the parent company to be like a little more independent. Um, there was some unhappiness around like we're really uh, profitable and the company as a whole is not and our bonuses are based on the company as a whole, not us. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, That all immediately disappeared. But also, uh, when we got bought, uh, the company was like, and we're, you know, gonna downsize, we're gonna, like, fire 10% of this workforce. And it took long enough that I was like, oh, maybe we just, like, escaped that Maybe the ten percent or whatever came from other places, and then yeah. uh, suddenly, that would have been like, a smart decision was sounds like. yeah. And there was no email sent out about it. Um, but like, I was like tagging people on emails to be like, "Oh, this is the right person to handle this question," and then like getting a mail not deliverable, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that kind of vibe. This is this uh, all is uh... like real like the cruelty is the point like oh we can't mm-hmm. let these people get too comfortable or they'll think that well, they can like unionize or something and this is the thing is that they're like okay we're firing a bunch of people uh who you have worked with who are experts and we're going to hire more staff uh in india mm-hmm. because it's cheap yeah yep uh and it's like okay that's that's fine i believe that there are indian engineers who will get up to speed but like they're, they don't have the five years of experience that the yep. people that you fired did. <laughs> yeah. Brain drain. Um, yep. It's grim. It's all grim. And this is, this is also, at least speculation around the office, is that like part of the return to office reasoning is... Um, to bleed more people? Yeah. is because like, mm-hmm. oh, if you don't want to return to the office, fine. We'll fire you and hire someone at like a third of your salary. Who works in a in India or does, like not know what the place is like and does worst work and takes a long time to catch up and yeah 
Yeah. But yep. that's fine because they cost a third of what you did. Uh huh. And then the company falls apart in like five years, but these people have already cashed out or moved on to a different thing. It's been bad enough that like my team that it has at least one person that you would full on describe as tech bro. Like he keeps bringing up AI and that type of shit. Got even him like talking about, you know, this whole uh, writer's strike thing. Oh, Why don't geez. we do something like that? Oh, wow. Like straight up like talking about sort of unionization stuff and like i'm so low on the totem pole that i'm not gonna fully stick my head out but like no. i'm just like hey um you know if you really wanted to do that you could uh get a signal account and uh i could maybe find some things for you <laughs> <laughs> nobody's followed through on it but like it's, no. it's gotten bad enough that like fucking software engineers that are notorious for not trying any sort of worker self solidarity stuff are actually like talking about it like what the fuck is this horse shit Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like tech industry is like uh at least people are making good money and get good severance a lot of the time, you know? Yep. Compared to like other businesses that are always like precarious anyway. Uh but like, you know what? Fucking sucks all around, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm here I'm here I hear I'm hoping that the the entertainment industry strikes like pay off big time for them because it's gonna make some waves in other industries if they do honestly at this point they should if they can as long as it's reasonable you know but they should just hold out until they get as much as they can on this like yeah no no point to compromise here it's already over like overtaken the last wga strike mm-hmm. you know oh. and the actors started striking after so yep. they're fresher and they've been they've been going pretty hard yeah or I guess they're much more visible, is I guess the other way to say that. As a writer, I can say uh, with some confidence that writers are really annoying, so I feel like they'll go for a long, more <laughs> oh, a lot yeah. longer. <laughs> well, that's oh. been one of the fun things listening to Remap now, is them bringing Adam Conover over on and him just like talking the writer oh. side, just like, yeah, no, fuck them. We're going to fuck them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the history. We, we know our shit. We will be as obnoxious as we need to. Oh, it's over. Do you have anything else to say? No. And as abrupt an ending as as, as our beginning was. <laughs> I am hitting... Oh, wait. Actually, Blute, have you stopped recording? Nope, not yet. Okay. Can we do another clap? Oh, right, right, right. Oh, sure. Um, Let me get we it up here. We're having weird, like, timing issues with Lauren's, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thir- 37. Okay. All right. We should be good. Awesome. Thank okay. you so much. Cool. And no yeah, problem. Now we can top. Top. Now we can top. top. Stop. <laughs> <laughs>